Unless, of course, you're referring to Prom King. What about NFT Ape King? (laughs) You're not that either. How many NFT apes do you own? Zero. (laughs) 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 The dejected tone of that was so wonderful. You're going to shatter his world, man. Welcome back, everyone, to S1E1, the show where each week we pick a different sitcom, watch just the first televised episode, and ignoring anything we might know about the future run of that show, rate it and decide if it's a show we want to greenlight or cancel. This week we're going to be talking about Dairy Girls. Dairy Girls went 19 episodes over three series on Channel 4. Today we're going to be talking about Episode 1, which was called Episode 1, originally airing January 4th, 2018. So to get things started, I'm Jay Gags. With me, as always, the boys, Joe, Fur, Gordo, and Nick. What's going on, guys? Hello. Hello. Uh, you know what, Joe? It's um, you know, doing my notes for this show. I was like, how am I going to talk about this? I don't think this is a sitcom. I just don't think it's this a sitcom. This is Kelsey this and I were talking about this because you said there were no jokes. And off the top of my head, I pulled out like five jokes from the first episode. Oh, is that hilarious ongoing joke of, is that my diary? <laughs> <laughs> but that's a There's joke. Whether or not you find yeah. it funny, the kid having to pee is a joke. The yeah, you guys are being like me. hypercritical of this show for some reason. Yeah, and like they're jokes. Oh, I don't know, because like that's them. our job. <laughs> well, I mean, no, in no. the wrong ways. Yeah, being hypercritical is one thing, but you're just picking Jay, at things. Jay classically can't get behind anything that's not American. That's yes, not but, true. Yes, but I no. love all foreign shows, and I hate this, too, so it's not a Jay thing. No, I. it's not even that I hate the show. I don't think it's a sitcom, though. I don't think it's a sitcom, either. I think, I think the fans are going to back me on this one. A, f- is this a sitcom? And B, I think we're going to get a much higher uh, download rate and people into this than you think. This is a very hey, hard show. Listen, it, and by all means, it's for me, it's not even just about the content of the show. And again, for me, the dialect was just tough to get by, but I'm sure a bunch of people from Londonderry are probably going to have a hard time listening to a bunch of dudes from Boston talk. Uh, that Londonderry being said, or Derry. Don't pick a side. Well, well, well um, if you guys remember our Irish friend Pete from back in the day, that's where he was from. What did he say? Probably Derry. Yeah, he said Derry. Depends on if you're Protestant we'll, or if you're Yeah, Catholic. we'll get into The very first shot of the, of the episode gets into it, so we'll talk about it in a second. But before we do that, Joe, you did pick the episode. Specific reasoning behind why you wanted us to do Dairy Girls? To torture yeah. me. It's not what? To torture me. It was to torture Ferg. Uh, well, like I said, genuinely, we really liked this show. Uh, I've always been really fascinated by The Troubles. I think it's a really fascinating political and sociological thing that's pretty much still going on, right? They say 30 years of sort of main strife, but hundreds of years and whatever. Uh, There's also a very interesting but very long book called Making Sense of the Troubles. If anybody ever wants to sort of dive in deeper, that's I highly recommend. But to me, this show was basically, if I had to describe it, it's clueless, but poor people in the town the undertones are from. It's a teen girl drama that takes place in 1994 in the middle of the Troubles in Northern Ireland. I think that's a really interesting concept. And some of the greatest music of all time came from Northern Ireland in such a tiny so, little so place. It's, so uh, it's not fun getting into Troubles. <laughs> I would say it's not fun getting into so, the Troubles So, Joe, just, just out of curiosity, you just mentioned 
that some of the greatest music of all time came out of the Northern Ireland in the early 90s. Can you give me a few examples? Oh, well, not so much in the, in the early 90s, but from the 70s to the 80s, The Undertones, U2? Protects, Rudy, The Moondogs. You too? Clive the Culbertson, Mo- No Sweat. I can go on forever. I, the Moondogs went on to be a tag team in the WWF, correct? They did, right after they put out their first single in Northern Ireland. Um, but yeah, lots of great music. And they play, I mean, even more like, you know, contemporary music, right? Like, I mean, the Cranberries were a huge band even in America, right? They play the Cranberries in this. So Northern I, cover, I covered a, very a Cranberry fertile. song in my day. I think when you come from a place that, I, I mean, I always think of it as like, if you're in a place that's full of so much conflict, then like the idea to make art is so much more appealing, right? Like you want to get with your friends and play music or write or paint or do anything because you want to sort of drift away from it. And that's what I thought the appeal of this show was. It's people living in that life and what they did trying to sort of make sense of everything and try to not have it sort of overtake everything. But it always comes up. I mean, they go to their first day of school and they go through checkpoints, right? It's just an interesting conceit for a show. I don't know if it's because of the like the Catholic school element of it, but I did. It, it wasn't until I was like reading back after that I had any idea that it was a timepiece. Like there wasn't a lot in the episode. I guess you see like a TV and stuff early on, but not a lot that would have drew you to the fact that it was 1994. Couple a uh, couple quick references, really, but it, it wasn't like very obvious. I agree. Yeah, it takes if the season goes on, it's uh, it's like a little more obvious. You know what I mean in the more social i mean i thought it was funny one of the first things you notice is that she's got an angela lansbury poster in her bedroom which is like i mean that show went from what 84 to 96 or something something weird like that like so that gives you a weird time frame i also did look up because i immediately thought you can love angela lansbury and she's irish right so that makes sense right it's a, you know i didn't know that she is irish well she was born irish and it didn't grew up in london if, or england if i recall correctly but and she's like 97 too she's still alive um, but I went looking. I wanted to find an Angela Lansbury poster that wasn't a modern reprint because I got obsessed with the fact that, like, how hard would it be to find an Angela Lansbury poster, like, at the mall in 1994? And I couldn't find any posters that weren't for either TV shows or movies that were just her face that weren't, like, companies now making reprints. Then all of you should watch your mail because you'll be getting posters of Angela Lansbury soon. What do you, you got? What would I? Buttons. Joe's list of uh, old lady crushes just keeps going. Hey, Angela Lansbury, I respect very much, but she's not on my crush list. That being said, and Murder, She Wrote was on forever. I know it always really comes up shows that were either on before or after wrestling. I was going to say, I, we all know it because it was on right before Raw. Right. So we just saw the end of like the last theme song. Yeah, we, we always got credits. to see her typing. Yeah. <laughs> we saw her typing <laughs> like exactly 500 times. Was, yeah. You guys didn't watch Murder, She Wrote? No, Only I wasn't in that a seven-year-old woman. Yeah, I never watched it. I imagine I wouldn't hate it now, but at the, as a kid, it had no appeal to me. Oh, it wasn't a bad show. I mean, I used to watch it with my grandmother. It wasn't a bad show. Same thing with um, the uh, Dick Van Dyke murder show. <laughs> oh, the mysteries or whatever it was. When he yeah, was diagnosis yeah, yeah. murders. Was a doctor. It's a diagnosis yeah, that murders. One, yeah. It's one of those shows yes, that diagnosis where diagnosis murder. Yeah, uh, it's one of those shows where like you wouldn't go out of your way to watch it, but if you ever caught yourself. Uh, like watching an episode, you're like, fuck, now I have to stick around for this episode because I want to yep. see what happens now. That's what Law and Order SVU does. Yeah, or any yep. Law and Order. They're all garbage, but they know the perfect formula to keep you engaged. And they're smart enough to know to put it on for like 17 straight hours one day so that you just don't leave the couch. <laughs> so I guess uh, we should get right into the episode because I mentioned it earlier. The opening shot deals with the whole London Dairy versus Dairy thing because you see. A military truck drive by, 
during uh, the opening narration and you see a sign that says, Welcome to Londonderry. And, you know, a couple of kids spray painting over the London part. So, um, and the now entering free dairy is still there and people still spray paint over the London part of dairy all the time. And I guess, uh, not usually our lane, but if you want to get into a little of the history, I'm not even super aware. Like, I just know that London dairy is in Northern Ireland and that's part of the UK, correct? Yeah. So I figured I would give just like a quick two minute. Again, you should read up on it because it's really extensive and I'm should, not going to give should, but probably it. won't if we're being <laughs> I'm just saying, if you want to know more about it, I mean, I'm yeah. saying don't just take my tidbit here. But essentially, you have a fight going on in Northern Ireland between Protestants and Catholics, right? So Protestants are unified and want to be part of the UK and England, whereas the Catholics want to be like a free republic. And that's always been sort of at odds. But it's like a huge issue. It's not just like, he lives down the street and I don't like him. It's like dividing lines, right? And then... The IRA is the Irish Republican Army. They're the ones who want to keep away from the UK. They're the ones who are like fighting and there's, they're mainly known for bombings. So that's sort of 1994 would sort of be the tail end of the real sort of violent clashes going on um, between the English and the Irish. And that's also where we got Irish car bombs from. (laughs) Yeah, don't say that ever. I think, uh, who was it? Our friend Chris, who we were in. Chris, who we affectionately call stupid, who we were in a Irish bar once and he asked for an Irish car bomb and I like hit him and was like, don't say that. He was like, what? What? And the like Irish waitress with a brogue was like, what did you say? And I was like trying to get him to realize. I was like, congratulations. Whatever you get now has like, I don't even want to know what in it, but like know where you are, man. Boogers and cum. Probably boogers and cum. <laughs> Is that like Bailey's and cream or whatever? <laughs> Bailey's and cream and boogers and cum. Oh my lord! But the IRA is the in um Sons of Anarchy. That's who they deal with and get all their guns from, and then they deal it throughout the United States. And there's a whole history too, us being from Boston with the IRA, because Boston has such a Irish uh, population with like people helping to smuggle things in and out or people in and out. So yeah, you can go down a million roads. It's a vivid. Yeah, it's a, and uh, but still to this day, it's still a divisive thing, and there still are forms of the IRA active, and it's still like. Which is weird because we're recording this, uh, pull the curtain back a little bit, the week the Queen died in England. Yes. Yes. So I imagine this will be a more divisive topic that'll be brought up if you're in Northern Ireland uh, around this week. Yeah. um, Yeah, I don't want to get too into it. You just see all these memes and depending on where you stand, there's like, so see, it's either very like hardcore memorializing or a lot of like Ireland, pro-Ireland stuff. So. I don't want to get too into it because that's not our lane and we have, We don't do politics, yeah. We but. have people who have listened in all these countries, so, you know, we will stay the fuck out of it. We're just hating um, the facts yeah. as people who don't really know anything. And just talk about the memes are, hey, do you like dairy, dairy Girls? No, that show sucks. <laughs> Back and forth. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> so, uh, all right, so we're going to get into it. Uh, so now we hear some, like, opening narration. Like I said, we saw that clip. And it's basically the uh, the diary of Erin Quinn. And she says how she's 16 years old, where she comes from, et cetera, et cetera. But as the narration goes off, we realize that it's not Erin who we see in the establishing shot laying in bed who's actually reading it. It's her cousin who's sitting, I don't know, by her bed just reading her diary. Orla, I believe her name. Is just well, reading she's, she's reading it out loud, too. Yeah, she's reading out loud uh, like just like she stole her cousin's diary and is reading it. But uh, Aaron is in bed and wakes up to hearing this. And again, whether or not you find this a funny joke, this is a joke. This is part of the comedy that goes with the sit here. 
I have a question for you guys. Do do any of you or have any of you ever actually kept a diary or a journal? I had a live journal, which was uh, pretty popular for a while. Like right, we're yeah. in high or school any, coming out I'm of that. talking more private facing. No. no I, I, I have tried. traveling before. Like going on, like when we did that tour of the Southeast that time, I journaled sort of every day as to like what we were doing and what we were seeing in like a book that I still have. But like, yeah, again, it wasn't for anybody to ever see. It was just like a driving around and writing. But that's all. That's the only time, only once ever. I feel like you see it come up a lot in TV and movies, and I don't really know anybody who's. I mean, I've I've done it before, just you know, I hear it's good to do. Uh, I was never consistent with it though. Um, but you do, you see it a lot in movies and TV, and I don't really know anybody. Who, I could say who actually does it. Doug Funny sure like doing it. Yeah, I think in Uh like in television, it's a good device for narration. So it's like kind of an easy out for that. But yeah, with me, it's funny. I think when we look at today's world, we get criticized for taking photos of everything and not being in the moment. But in a lot of ways, it's just like kind of live way of documenting and journaling without say maybe your personal thoughts and opinions. But you know, you can go back and look through your camera roll the same way you could go back and read your old journal, right? And you see all these photos of where you've been and times you've had. And I don't know. I, I kind of look at it as a mindless way of doing that in a way. Yeah, I guess if you look at like a social media platform that shows you like your memories a year later or whatever, like it's a way of sort of cycling through. I think the problem is, is that like eventually they will all fall. And then what happens to your stuff, right? Like you could lose your yeah. phone or you could. Right. You know. But you can lose your journal just the same, right? Sure. So. You know, like, I don't, I take, I'm one of those guys who's guilty of taking a picture of like every fucking thing I do, but I don't necessarily post all of them, you know, but I'll still look through my phone from time to time and kind of recap that way. I'm king of taking a picture of everything I do and then never being able to find that picture when I want to see it later. Yeah, I, I'm king of taking pictures uh, the one time I do anything interesting a week, which is the like one downside of working from home where you're like, what did you do today? But like. The same thing I did every day, but we made pizza on the grill last night, which we had never done before. And it was like mind blowingly good. And I took a picture of it and I was going to put it in the chat. And then I literally stopped myself and was like, I don't want to be one of those guys who takes pictures of his food and then never send it. Oh, I think I'm saying it all the time. uh, Pizza on the grill. Highly recommend. Yeah. Grilled pizza is good. But um, yeah. So from there, we get just like a little title screen. There's not so much a intro per se. Just kind of you get this screen that says Dairy Girls, says uh, written and created by Lisa McGee. Fuck Not you, much Lisa McGee. <laughs> I think I thought it was interesting to do that, that just have her name stapled onto the show like that. I don't know. I feel like that's something that when you're at a certain point of celebrity or fame and you would start like Steven Spielberg presents or Quentin Tarantino directed, but like to have this show that's. Right from the start to just kind of like instantly be like, I'm the person behind this. It, it's different than just having that little title screen like in the intros. Like, I don't know. You see it more with things based on books. And this was uh, what off her book, her autobiography or something. Oh, I didn't Who see is that. she? She doesn't so, have a ton of credits we would know. Most of the people in this don't have a lot of credits we would really know. Some people show up in some things are like, oh, I guess they were here and there. But like a lot of it is, you know, Ireland or UK based stuff. Um, I think this might be basically like her memoirs or like just an experience, like her trying to write about her experiences as a kid. Yeah. Also, a weird thing to point out here, too, is that everybody in this show is so much older than what they're playing. Well, yes. One, I'll bring it up when we meet her. One more so than the rest. 
Yeah, one, <laughs> one was like R rated. Yeah, like, yeah. I was gonna, I'll bring it up. I'll bring it up when we when we introduce it, the it character. It gave me like flashbacks to Dawson's Creek when they're all like thirty and in high school. Oh god! And, the um, end of nine hundred two one zero. We were like, there is no way that you guys look like you could ever be the age you are. And I guess before we get too far into the episode itself, is there anything you guys can think of that this show reminds you of? Like, is there something maybe that we grew up with in America or has been around here that's a little bit more relatable to people that may maybe don't know this show? I don't really feel like there were sitcoms. Like, I think the the time frame this is referencing, we didn't really have anything like that was dark enough like this. But also funny, like maybe something like my so-called life would have been close. To I this. was thinking the same exact thing, but it's too that it's, show is too dramatic. I was, too I was dramatic, thinking yeah. Freaks and Geeks. Oh yeah, you know it's got a little bit. It's a you, little. They're is, a little younger, but yeah, it's definitely in that tone. Okay, if we took Freaks and Geeks and put it in the time of my so-called life, I feel like it'd be the perfect analog. Yeah. And by the way, I was I was on the fence of choosing Freaks and Geeks. I'm not positive it's a sitcom, but you know, you just open that floodgate. So <laughs> yeah. Freaks and Geeks future. is for sure a sitcom, and so is this. But is Freaks and Geeks an hour long? No, half hour. Oh, the half hour? I I thought Freaks and Geeks was an hour, but I could I be. I thought wrong. it was an hour, but yeah, I could I'm be. I'm positive wrong. it's a half hour. I watched Don't it make again me recently. watch more teen dramas. Freaks and Geeks. Uh, you've you've never, never seen and Geeks. Freaks and Geeks. I have never seen Freaks and Geeks. Stars, yeah, wow. Wow. I'm not a 13 year old girl. Stop picking it's 13, not a 13 year old, year old girl, girl shows. show. You know what's funny? That line shows you how little Gordo knows about Freaks and Geeks. Or television in general, or what we do. Just, <laughs> just IMDb the cast real you quick. You know what? Gordo. I, actually, you know what I want, but it's going to be impossible. I want Gordo to figure out what Freaks and Geeks is and then tell us what he thought it was. Because he's definitely thinking of something completely different. It sounds like a high school that is full of freaks and geeks, if you're comparing it to this show. It follows a geek crowd and a freak crowd, like a... <laughs> like, you know, freak on a leash stuff. That's what I'm getting. This is using the word in the definition. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're asking me, and I'm I'm giving you my honest input. If you're comparing it to this, I'm imagining a... High school, middle school age drama centered around girls who don't feel like they quite fit in and maybe they're geeky and maybe they're freaky, but, you know, they try and make it after all, you know? I just told you yeah, I, was I had to be so hard not laughing there so that we could cut your audio from that later because <laughs> you with the video you start dancing when you say freaky and deaky. He goes he goes freaky deaky and then he ends it with the a line from the Mary Tyler Moore show. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, then they leave school to go to their newspaper job. <laughs> what was well, it don't about? Don't worry, Gordo. I um I just told you I'm gonna pick it, and I don't pick shows that aren't good. We'll so. we'll cut we'll cover it. We'll cover it down the line, Gordo. <laughs> so let's not let's not. So eat when up too we much cover it, you're gonna cut back to what I'm saying now, and <laughs> oh, there will be a mega cut of the two. Yeah, it'll be you dancing to Freaks and Geeks. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll throw a video up. But by the way, S one e one pod. If you uh, don't already follow us on Twitter and Instagram, yeah. So from that little title screen, we get into like. Erin's house and like we see the whole family like her parents and there's like a baby uh, and uh grandpa and um there's like just like this argument it it starts off with this argument between Erin and Orla because she's mad about the whole diary situation this whole scene is a very sitcom scene no keep telling it's yourself that yeah it's, the it's family arguing and the grandfather in the chair yelling at the 
Son Although this 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 that scene part. gave me my only laugh of the whole episode, and that was when the when the grandfather's telling the dad like I'm gonna find something on you. Like the grandfather's the alone. best. He's like, character. I'm married to your daughter. Later on, he has the best line of the whole show too, which is like a real sleeper line. But he kind of reminds me of the grandfather in Fargo, who just hates William H Macy, and he's like, they'll always be taken care of. No gene, no money. <laughs> just hates William H Macy so much. <laughs> Um, during, uh, when Erin's talking to her mother, brings up how Macaulay Cogan divorced his parents. That's when I realized that it was, took place in the past. I know yeah, you mentioned you know, it earlier, and it was that line that did it for me. At that time, it didn't dawn on me. I just thought it was a really weird reference to pull. And I, <laughs> like, like, it was 2022, and they were, like, <laughs> referencing Macaulay Culkin from like, that long ago. What did this girl, After like, Richie Rich tanked. Yeah. yeah, it just seemed like a weird thing for this girl to use as her backup reference out of nowhere, but... Now that you say it, it makes sense. But in the moment, I'm like, what? <laughs> so random. No, we'll always feel bad for Macaulay Culkin. One of the main reasons he he didn't actually divorce his parents, but he like separated from them. He was like 16 at that point. You can kind of just like, leave. Yeah, it was like, it was, yeah, but it's for financial reasons, right? So they're not in control of his you know money and everything like that. Right, yeah. And he did okay. He got away. And luckily, he's got more money than he ever needs. And he doesn't have to deal with his nightmare parents anymore, which is great. But apparently, he escaped those damn wet bandits. Well, <laughs> apparently his dad, who was the, uh, you know, manager for him or whatever, was like, I'm not letting you put him in Home Alone 2 unless you let him also be in The Good Son because he wanted him to, like, break out into a different type of role or whatever. Hey, good on him. But I can't remember if they had already filmed a bunch, but they for sure had hired the kid to be in the movie. And then they had to go to the kid and be like, sorry, Henry, you're out of here. <laughs> Sorry, I think Henry. they paid him whatever money, but like oh, that, there's a different kid, kid in the Good Son, so someone, yeah. someone else. Okay, no, so like that's the kind of shit Macaulay Culkin's dad movie would was do. Scary though, so it, it, you know what? It was the right move. It's a weird movie. It is a weird movie. Can't it's say bad. I've seen it. I don't know if it would hold up as a movie for you watching for your first time in your mid thirties, because like I just don't think it yeah. would have the same impact. But if you saw it when you were a kid and Home Alone kid is like murdering people, it's a little fucked up. Yeah, he was just basically, he was being kind of like freaky deaky, and, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but we found out at the end he wasn't going to make it after all. Yeah. Da, 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 da. I was going to say, should we all throw our hats? Yeah. I was going to, I got to that, and I was like, I don't want to have to get up and get it. <laughs> it's the ceiling fan just shreds. <laughs> my headphones go over uh, over my head, so it's just, it would be very inconvenient. But yeah, this is um this is also the first, the Macaulay Culkin conversation was the first time they got into a whole Protestant thing, right? Because yeah. the mother thinks that this whole boy who she doesn't know who it is who divorced his parents must be Protestant. <laughs> Aaron's like, uh, he's not isn't Protestant, ma. It's a pretty Irish name too, Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, what was his? He, well, I mean, he had what fifty siblings. We're talking about Macaulay Culkin too much. I was trying yeah. to think of some of his uh, Kieran. Yeah, somebody Kieran. We, it's funny that they all look the same too. They all they all look very similar. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, you mentioned the grandfather earlier. This It cuts to him, like, right after that argument, and he's just kind of watching TV. And they're talking about how they're bombing the bridge. I don't know if that was a, what that was specifically historically, but I assume there's something that was going on in 94 that this is being referenced to. Yeah, I'm not sure the exact – I'm not sure what's taken out of context just to be like this happened so yeah. often. And this was used as a device. But I do love that the whole conceit of the parents is they're mad that that's happening because it might keep the kids out of school one extra day, which I feel like, again, is a very sitcom parent kind of joke to make. No, that's a reality thing. I yeah. feel the same way. <laughs> well, I understand you as a parent, summer. but it's also the kind of thing they joke about in sitcoms. You know, Erin and her cousin 
they have to go to school. And as like they're getting ready to head out, the grandfather looks over at Aaron's father and uh, Jerry, I believe is his name. And he was saying how they sh- shouldn't have to take the bus that, you know, he should be driving them. You useless shit. <laughs> He's like, I have to work, Joe. He's like, work. Is that what you call it? The two funniest lines this whole episode are him both times. And the first one is definitely <laughs> you useless shit. Him calling me useless shit. But then he, and then he tells him to leave his Mary alone. It's his daughter. And he's like, we've been married for 17 years. We have two children. It's like, the, I like that they've been together this long. You know, so the dad still married. hates him. He's still just like, why are you still here? He's like, I'll find some dirt on you yet. Yeah. Uh, that's the most sitcom thing about this show. That was a very sitcom hating. moment. Said he has people working on it too. I feel like the people he has working on it are like um, Cotton Hill's friends. <laughs> like, you know, whenever they cut to Cotton Hill's friends in King of the Hill, he's got like his old group from World War II. It's like Topsy <laughs> just takes the big bubbles of his mouth. Like yeah. just these like inept sort of old guys. Like I can't imagine his crew is like, you know, that dynamic. And um, right before the girls do leave, you see the shot where Erin has like a denim jacket on instead of her, I guess, her typical blazer that's part of the uniform. And her mom stops her right there. And she's like, you can't wear that. And Erin's telling her how she, you know, she wanted to put her own spin on the uniform this year. She said she's not a clone and that she should be able to express her individuality. And says she is not going to wear a blazer, which obviously, you know, you know how that's going to end. But you technically don't have a choice in the matter, right? This isn't just your parents saying you can't wear it, right? No. As soon as you got to school, they would be like, what are you doing? And make well, her take it you, off. You know what this instantly reminded me of was the Fresh Prince. Fresh Prince. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. he, I mean, technically is wearing it. Um, and I don't think they ever made him change that, did they? We just wore it inside out. So I guess technically he was wearing his right. uniform. Right. So she's yeah, just adding on something on top of it. So I could see. I don't know. But also, I always took it more like she's going to school in a denim jacket, but like you just put that over your school uniform because it's like your coat. But it was in school, lieu of the blazer, off, you know? right? So they have no, a blazer that they're supposed to wear. So, you know, you should be wearing that instead of the blazer. Right. I'm just saying like she could have left the house with that on over her jacket and her mom probably would have been like, what are you doing? And she'd been like, oh, I'm cold. Like, oh, okay. Right. And then she could have left and taken the jacket off which is another huge trope of like sitcoms everything right the kid runs down until the parents can't see them anymore and changes or puts I don't makeup know if, on or whatever i don't know if this is relatable to you guys but the response to Aaron saying that you know i'm not gonna be like you know just like everyone else i'm gonna be my own person and do as i choose the mother just goes jerry pass me the wooden spoon and i don't know about you guys and i, yep. I know the world has changed a little bit but i certainly have been hit with a wooden spoon when i was a, a child thousand times yeah not yeah. me. The reason I used to get it all the time was, you know, pre-cell phone, pre-things, you're afraid to, like, lose things. I would always write on my hand. Like, nothing crazy, like, weird or whatever. You'd be like, oh, like... You would just draw dentist. those fucking black bars that you refused to tell me what they meant. That was in a notebook. But, like, you know, you write, like, dentist 3 p.m. or whatever on your hand so you don't forget it because you have no other way of reminding yourself because you're, like, 14 or whatever. And then I would forget and I'd go home. And any time I did that, my mom would catch me and then just smack my hand so hard with a wooden spoon. I have a hard time believing that the stuff you wrote in your hand wasn't stupid shit and that it was just dentist yeah. 3 p.m. You've known me my whole life. Do you remember me walking around with things that said, like, I don't know, I didn't have my own Pledge of Allegiance or anything written on my hand. I don't remember that, but I also don't remember you walking around with dentist on your hand, so yeah. that's not a good example. My teeth don't remember it either. That's <laughs> Joe, Joe is going to, well, years. Joe for years was talking about getting the knuckle tattoos and he was going to have it just say dentist across his hands. <laughs> dentist 3 p.m. <laughs> Why wouldn't you do 2.30? That's the best time to see a dentist. 
I guess hey, that's there fair. you go. <laughs> Gordo, get one. I made a funny. <laughs> hey, well, count that one. So we uh so from that uh you know, the get the spoon comment, it cuts over to her and her cousin walking outside. And I po- I apologize. Her name's Orla, right? The cousin. I'm gonna forget that over Orla, and over again because yeah. it's just not a name that I've I've heard enough in life. They're walking down the street, and of course, Aaron doesn't have the denim jacket on anymore. And this is when they meet up with their friend Claire, who's waiting for them outside, who does have a denim jacket on, because apparently this was the thing the two of them decided they were going to do together. Now, did anybody here ever wear anything to school where they were like immediately told to take it off? Um, I think we talked about this in an older episode. In high school, I got spoken to for wearing a Circle Jerks t-shirt. Oh, right. Yeah. Maybe we talked about them. The time I wore so, bullets, I wore a bullet belt to school, and they were like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "I'm walking into a school, like with a fucking bandolier of bullets on." And they were like, "Why don't you repeat that sentence?" I was like, "Oh, I'll take these off. I understand now." I was never told to take it off, and my shirts all said "suck it" because they were DX shirts. <laughs> they the amount of wrestling shirts the teachers had to just look at and be like, "What the fuck?" In the nineties. No, oh, look at that boy wearing. My, it. No one made me take make take off my Stone Cold Nut shirt. Someday, Gordo, you'll find a new version of that stunk. There are so many people making bootleg wrestling shirts right now. I just got a WrestleMania shirt, WrestleMania 8 shirt in the mail. How has nobody bootlegged the Stone Cold with his balls out shirt and made it bigger? I don't get it. Uh, it turned so, into, uh, what are those called? Like uh, the Berenstain Bears and um, Mandela, uh, Mandela effect. effect. You remember it yeah, it's, um, it's, it's a Mandela effect. Like I remember it as well as Gordo did and it just doesn't exist. Reddit found it. R squared circle found the Stone Cold nut shirt. It was the I, wrong one, though. That wasn't the shirt, though. The shirt that yeah, they first the pulled. Well, that means yeah. that there were multiple Stone Cold nut no, shirts out there. No, that means somebody had Photoshop. The one you had was him doing a stunner and one slipped out, right? No, it's no, the guy it was, in the corner and he's kicking. Yeah, oh, so it's like yeah. you could see the side of his leg, and I I don't even think his nuts were actually out. I think it was just his like muscles. But I don't want to get too far into the wrestling shirt conversation in this episode because I don't know about the crossover appeal from the Dairy Girls crowd. I do want to say this because we're all talking nine about of it. them. One of the worst wrestling shirts of all time. There's an AJ Styles shirt from when he was in TNA that looks like it was just written in cum. <laughs> oh Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you guys a picture when we have an opportunity. Please do, yeah. And I'm guessing, again, this is not a very good crossover with the Dairy Girls crowd. No, probably not. So we should probably get on from that. But um, the Dairy Girls community. I was waiting for somebody to say it. I like that when uh, when Claire sees that Aaron doesn't have the jacket on. She's like, what's going on? She's like, I'm not going to be an individual on my own, which I thought was a, that was a good line. Yeah, I do like the whole thing of like, we're going to be individuals and do the same thing. I mean, that's very much being a teenager, right? Yeah, and then from there, they go into, like, this uh, little kind of convenience store. I forget what kind of store it was called. Uh, it was something... called Dennis Wee Shop. Yeah, Wee Shop. But I think that's, like, a thing, right? I just don't know what that translates to. It looks like just, like, a convenience store for what we like here. a corner, corner yeah, store. with a huge like candy, candy counter, though. Mind Which we had a store John's like that when before. we were kids. Yeah, that was yeah. open before school that just sold individual candies until this, our town was like, are you fucking high? You're obviously waking up at 6 p.m. or 6 a.m. to open this store, and then you're closing it again at 8 a.m. and then opening again at 2.30. We understand what you're trying to do yeah. here. And all these kids are coming to school jacked up on candy. 
And it was by a bunch of bomb bags. Yeah, and also they sold things like that, too. That's when they got, I think, and the most trouble. Bombs, they were like, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, kids it, eating a bunch of licorice and, uh, not licorice, what do you call those, like gummy eats that you get for like a penny each or whatever. And getting all the sugar high is one thing, but then you give them those stupid bags that exploded water everywhere <laughs> in the school. Bad news. Right before you walk into third grade, uh, how about a quick opportunity to blow your lunch money on pogs? <laughs> I love And the money wasted on pogs. Yeah, and then they banned pogs. They yeah. did ban pogs. Why it was did gambling. They? Gambling. Uh, yeah. No. Someone caught, like, caught a slammer to the eye and got a black eye. Well, they said, like, no, uh, their, their excuse were the slammers dented the floor, but it was because we were gambling was the real reason. <laughs> who was, they didn't want to say it. For some who reason. was slamming it that dented the floor? Nobody. 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 They just, they, none of them. If you had a slammer that was that heavy, it was actually a hockey puck, and you got lied to at the pog store. You <laughs> that couldn't school actually was take a slammer. That school was made of brick and lead. There was no denting it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We broke into that that one time. There's no. There was no way that that nobody was denting it. It was gambling. It was because we played for keeps. The if, if, for those of you listening, I don't know uh, the age difference between some of the people listening and us, but. When Pogs were in their day in the 90s, essentially all you did was you had a stack of these. They're little, like, what, cardboardy circles. Cardboard discs. Yeah, yeah little discs. inserts. And, yeah, um, caps. and you threw, like, a big metal one at it. And anything that flipped over, you got to keep. So if you were playing with other people, you'd, you'd all pull your Pogs together to make that little tower. So you had an opportunity to win someone else's Pogs, which in turn was interpreted as gambling. Can I, can I make a suggestion? Do you want us to make S1E1 S1E1 Pogs? Pogs. Pogs? Yes. Sure, but I'm going to take over on this one. Instead of making S1E1s, I'm just going to make all the ones that had O.J. Simpson that said don't squeeze the juice on them from 1994. That was a slammer. No, the slammer slammer was different. The slammer was guilty, not guilty. And there were bars on one side. side. Wasn't it like didn't have like a weird edge to to it? There was a lot of O.J. ones. Yeah. It was very topical at the time. It wasn't like there was one officially licensed O.J. Simpson pog. <laughs> there was no <laughs> licensing involved here. Well, yeah, but who made the ALF pogs? He's back. <laughs> in pog form. But that yeah, includes so, way too much conversation. Yeah, a lot of pog pogs. They're in the store, and Claire, who... it's a, There's kind of a runner going on throughout the episode that she's on a diet, right? She's trying to fast. She's smelling the candy here is the first time we're seeing that. And I thought that was a little bit too much of a common thing where you got the one girl that was a little chubbier than the rest that's on a diet and it's addressed the first time you ever meet her is that she's trying to deal with weight stuff well that's not really why she's doing it though yeah she's doing it because of the africa thing she's doing it like in solidarity and taking money to yeah she's like fasting oh did i miss that all right so i caught the fast and then the fast is for a cause that's why later on when she's eating she's like i'll give you your money back i didn't catch any of that and i thought throughout the whole episode she was just a little dumb no, she so keeps you guys thought the show was so, dumb, but you did, apparently didn't watch it. Yeah, I Nick and I had it. no problem pulling this out. I couldn't understand the words. Did you think she was dumb and forgot how to eat? No, that <laughs> like she just was not able to eat at certain times, but because I couldn't understand I, what the fuck was You can't do said. that, man. Yes, I can. I just did. Also, as a person with ear problems his whole life, just put the subtitles on, man. I there was no subtitles. subtitles. It's on Netflix. There are <laughs> subtitles. What's wrong I can watch it on Netflix. I watched it on our drive. Well, I'm sorry that you couldn't just go to your TV and watch it with the subtitles on. You would have solved yourself a lot of... Uh... I didn't know it was available. I like that, Um, you know, due to, you know... 
a little spit in a cup. Gordo's like X amount percent Irish, so now it gives him full reign to just make fun of their dialect. Actually, I'm like a quarter. My grandmother oh, uh, that, was from oh, Ireland. That's okay. Yeah, I just go. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. It's like, oh, it's well, okay. I'm, I'm Irish. I'm sixty percent. You've insulted me, sir. <laughs> I do love that's such a great American thing, though. I will say, if we're talking to other countries, if anybody's listening who's not in America, anybody in this country who's 1% of anything will just yeah, die right. on that hill the rest of their life. It's well, even we're the funny only... when you see them tell people from the actual country, like if oh, you were to bump man. into somebody from Ireland, oh, I'm, you know, I'm Irish. And then they're, <laughs> and they're like, no, you're, I mean, I get it, but you're not. Like, you're it's not like an 2% Irish. Be like, yeah. we, we, that's fine. Thank you. Yeah. So that's not, we're the only country that doesn't admit where they're from. Yeah, it's so 100% American. Yeah, like the well, most- no, 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 no. There are plenty of people who just yeah. say they're Americans. You don't want to have conversations with those people, yeah. though. But yeah, no, it's, it, I think that's very interesting that we, we do that. You know, we're, we we identify as something where we are vaguely, you know, we're not really. We're American at the end of the day. We were born and raised here, like all, like everyone here. I, the five I of think us that's are all born ending here. with us because that comes more from our parents, which comes from our grandparents, where they all talk about where they came from, and that's slowly dying off with age. Well, I bet and as so generations go on, it gets more and more muddled, right? So, I, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, I think that that that's more of an immigrant mentality. That yeah. like, especially if you come, like I said, my grandparents all were were both immigrants. Um, you know, I and I know other people here parents weren't from this country, and I think that as that happens, you know, well, I think we, even like those older generations too. Like, first off, we're not for our generation, we're not even that far removed from our ancestors and where they came from. Yeah, but also to a fault, there was a lot of like stay within your own, right? There was a lot of that that happened in the earlier generations. Sure, yeah. So there was a lot Neighborhoods of... and stuff. A lot yeah. of Italian marrying Italian. There was a lot of Irish marrying Irish, so on and so forth. Whereas our generation, that's kind of out the window completely. Not that that didn't exist at all then, but it was like, you know, there were videos... Like the the Madonna Like a Prayer video was how taboo it was to have like an interracial relationship. Was Where now it's like it's so much so commonplace 20, 30 years later. I mean, just I take, take it to sitcoms. Look at the Jeffersons where their neighbors across the street are an interracial couple and it's, what, 1974 or whatever. And it's like a huge deal to do that on TV. Yeah. I would say, too, that it's also, is there really an American culture? Like there is. Hot but, dogs, popcorn. I looked this but, up before because uh, I, I got really curious. We, <laughs> we are, is so, I <laughs> love popcorn more than anything. No, listen. And saying that our culture is represented by popcorn no, so it, is th- so funny. No, you guys know what I mean, right? Like, No, like I do. And that's. But so for me, I, I looked this up before because it, this has nothing to do with the show. So I apologize to those listening. We're tangent but, heavy. But uh, there was a point where, you know, you see people here on Cinco de Mayo, right? Just dressing up in the most ridiculous interpretation of Mexican culture, right? With the fake sombreros and mustaches and going to bars and drinking tequila all day. And that's what American kids do all day in celebration of another country's day. It's not their independence. I forget. I'm. My history's poor. But so I was like, I wonder what people in other countries do. Like, do they celebrate the 4th of July and do shit like that? You oh, know, I don't even want to know about that. And there are like countries that have done like America parties. And like, that's essentially what happens is they eat hot dogs and like popcorn. Oh, right, look at me. I'm a stupid American. <laughs> <laughs> and they drink Bud- Budweiser's and stuff like that. And uh, it, it does exist. All I can think of is when they find the German soldier in Saving Private Ryan, and he's like, Betty Boop, what a dish. Like, I feel like that's everybody <laughs> at one of those parties. 
That's good to know. Or even you know, I figured for your for your reference, you would have used St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, St. Patrick's Day is a big Ireland. Uh, oh, that happens too, of yeah. the culture. Yeah, St. Patrick was Italian. He actually is English. That's like the real thing behind that. That's what Italians always say. But he was like more like I think like culturally like he was he had Italian family, but he grew up in England. It's one of those things. Yeah, but you like try telling that. That's like telling anybody be like, you know, historically Jesus would have been a Middle Eastern man. People are like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so fun to say to people. It's like, oh no, he was just a white guy with blonde hair walking around yeah. the middle of the mid. Okay, never mind. He was he's from California. He just moved to Jerusalem. <laughs> yeah, he was a surfer. Is it? I would think the son of God can be whatever color he wants to be. All right. He's all. I colors. guess that's an interpretation too. But it seems like the only color he wants to be is what white people have drawn him as for like hundreds of years. Which is uh, one of the Gibb brothers. <laughs> yeah, basically, he's in the Bee Gees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he did have a problem staying alive, though. Oh. Hey! hey oh. So, all right. Bo- so, let's Bo- let's Bo- talk about Dairy Girls Catholic again. Catholic listeners. <laughs> and the Protestants. We're not taking sides here. No sides. I should, I should have said politically <laughs> on the episode. Yeah. <laughs> so, while they're in the store, Claire's talking about how she's, like, sponsoring someone for... From Ethiopia, and that's what the fasting's about, as you guys said, which I I didn't catch. And she's trying to get Aaron to like help sponsor this child. And during that, like I can't, uh, what else happened in that to me? There was a lot. And I'll, I'll admit, I had a little bit of a hard time following some of that dialogue. They were buying candy, and then they went to go put it back because she got Aaron got guilted into not buying the candy and giving the money to Claire for her fast. And, and then the shopkeeper buy it. starts screaming at them. And yeah. he calls her, what does he call her? It made me laugh so hard. He calls her, uh, like I have it written down because I laughed so hard at it. Smart hole. Smart hole. <laughs> I just love that. You smart hole. I'm going to start using that. He was a very interesting character. I, I would be curious. Joe, did you watch this whole run? Yes. Does he come back? I believe so, yeah. I was going to say, he was such an extreme character that I would be shocked if he played it that wild. If he was intended for just a quick, like, one-off. Yeah, he's he definitely goes back, I think, at least in this season. Because, I mean, this is another thing, too, is the seasons are, you know, tend to be in, like, in Europe and Ireland, everything. Shows are always short, right? Like, a season is, like, seven to eight episodes. So, I think he comes back in this. But it's hard to not conflate episodes together when seasons are so short versus right. a show that's, like, The Office or something, you know, where there's, like, such big differentiating points because so much time takes place. The way he screamed Get Out at them, too, was, like... So bizarre. It was very cartoony the way he did it. I feel like it sucks to have to be the shopkeeper who does all the work. But like, if you don't want kids putting their hands in the candy, make it so kids can't put their hands in the candy. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. have them ring it up or have them like want it and you ring it up and give it to them after they've paid. That's how that transaction should go down. Once they did get kicked out of this shop, we end up outside and there's this kid named David who's hanging a poster for a show he's playing. And it's very clear that Aaron has a big a crush gig. on him. It's called a gig, yes. Jay. It's all, it's, yeah, I mean, tomato, tomato. Uh, I, I will say, though, from the somebody episode. who's been in a bunch of bands, Gordo's been in a bunch of bands, do you ever use gig? I always say show. Yeah, I always say show. Um, I would never say concert, but I don't say gig. Depending on the venue, you would say concert. If it's a big, but I've never played at a place that was big enough for me to use the word concert. Oh, oh God, no. So, but show. I guess I've seen, yeah, I guess like if I went to go see like Dwight Yoakam, that's a concert. But if you go to see yeah. your friend's shitty punk band, it's a show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're playing like 5,000 plus stadiums, like that's a that's a concert. I feel like if there's seating, 
If there's seating, it feels like a concert. If there's if it's all standing, it feels like a show. Just from a quick Google search, the difference between a gig and a show just seems to be a gig is before you have any real live following of people who would come to see you. And then once you generate a following, they turn into shows. Ah, so if you're just like the house band and people happen to see you because they're already there by circumstance. That's just a gig. So I've only ever played gigs. I was going to say, so I've only ever (laughs) played. What's below a gig? Because I feel like... I've played a lot of those, yeah, too. I'm I not sure. Of the open mic night is below a gig. Yeah. <laughs> I have played Gordo, I've seen you do some open mic nights before. I I used to host one at the old uh, strip club. Oh, I played that once. Yeah. Yeah. R.I.P. Club Caravan. Club Gigging Caravan. is also when uh, wrestlers will cut their foreheads with a razor blade to bleed. Oh, I thought that was cutting. Well, it's blading or gigging. Blading. Gigging. Oh. Interesting. But yeah, but if so, you do it when you're a more known wrestler, it's called showing. <laughs> 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 oh, I just got it. <laughs> there it is. So yeah, during this conversation, it's very clear that Aaron has a thing for him and he's asking for a lighter and she doesn't smoke. And then she's like questioning herself. Like, why don't I smoke? I love that question. Why don't I smoke? <laughs> and Orla has the lighter. But she also doesn't smoke. She just likes melting stuff. <laughs> All right. Good for her. I can relate. And pro- Wait, that was definitely us as yeah, kids. Yeah, it was us too, when, right? we're, when we're kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but also, we were smoking. <laughs> also, that, that too. too. Yeah. I felt like a little bit of everything of this reminded me of something. Like, But she's like, I really like that poster. It's really nice use of uh, letters. Where it's like <laughs> the amount of hours I've spent with like Letraset or like sticker letters making flyers again for gigs that nobody came to. You're like, man, you pour so much time and energy to this for nothing. There's uh yeah, there's also this thing where he's inviting her to to go to the gig and she's taking it as like a personal invite where really it's he's just trying to get anyone on earth to go to this thing. To go see his band. As one would when they're gigging. Yeah. But so also, I, like, these kids are, like, 16. It's such a big deal to be in a band when you're that age, you know, or to go see a band when you're that age, even. Or people, like, you know that are your contemporaries being in a band. Like, it all feels so, big, I don't know, adult yeah. in a way, you know? Yeah. No, for sure. For sure. We also do have the Murder, She Wrote reference right here, too, because when she's trying to establish with, with David, like, oh, but you are inviting me specifically, right? Like, you're you're saying everyone but me more so. And that's when Orla was like... But Aaron Murder, she wrote on tonight. You never miss Murder, she wrote. So it's it's funny that it's not just the fact that she has the poster, that that's just like something written about the character is her obsession with the show. Which makes Wait. me feel like it must be the writer was really into it as a kid, right? Because yeah. that seems like the kind of thing you'd pull from real life. Strange, because that'd be embarrassing now, but I don't think it would be embarrassing back then. But it did embarrass her. Yeah, it's weird that it embarrassed her. But I mean, if I think of shows of that same sort of thing like when we were in 1994 we liked shows that ran like that like we i remember watching macgyver all the time or like quantum leap all the time and i wouldn't have found it embarrassing you know what i mean if someone was like oh are you gonna go home and watch macgyver i'd be like prob probably i guess yeah i don't know like it'd be a weird thing to be upset about if they're like america what are you gonna go home and miss american gladiators be like no i don't want to miss american gladiators it'd be hard to miss that what if nitro's on this week uh next scene we have the girls at the bus stop and this is when we first meet their other friends, um, well, Michelle's their other friend and her cousin. But Michelle, this is one of the other references, I guess, where you would know the time. But it's because she had just seen Pulp Fiction. She never says a movie by name. But she but just she's, says she's going to call everybody motherfucker now. Yeah, she, she's, she's going to call everybody motherfucker. References that uh, 
it was like some movie where they just keep shooting people and eating cheeseburgers, and it has the guy from Look Who's Talking. She says now the disco it, dancer from Look Who's Talking, yeah. which is from now on the only way I refer to John Travolta, aside from what I usually say, <laughs> the guy from the Bad Grease movie. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Sandy. But, um, is that the um i'm in a plastic is, bubble is it, over here great movie <laughs> that is a great movie it's very sad <laughs> doesn't get enough credit also i'd like bubble to say boy. bubble boy all three look who's talking movies are fantastic the third one's not as good but the first two especially are so good is that the one I with need... the talking baby it is the third one's with the talking, one's yeah. the talking dogs though which switches roseanne to, is uh, in the David second Vito. one yeah bruce willis is in the first one then he reprises in the second and then roseanne plays the sister and then yep. dogs can talk in the next one and it's Danny I, DeVito, but I forget who the female dog is. Is I, it Rhea Perlman? I, I, I'm just guessing. <laughs> I don't think it's Rhea Perlman. Um, no, it's a much more feminine voice. Yeah, I vaguely uh, remember that. I think I was I, a little too young when that came Kirstie out. Alley? Oh, was no, it? Chris, Chris, no, Christie Alley's the mother. Oh, that's yeah, Christie right, Alley's yeah. the, the uh, girlfriend who oh, becomes his Diane wife. Diane Keaton. Oh, Diane Keaton oh, plays okay. the voice. Interesting. Oh, I didn't that know is, that. That makes sense now, yeah. Star How come she doesn't get credit? <laughs> you... you you always know all these other people from Look Who's Talking, but no, no one ever mentions Diane Keaton. Yeah, it's a weird thing that she's... Well, I think it's because of the third you movie, You know what, Frank, you're right. Like, the third all, one really died a death. Nobody I, cared at that point. Th- thinking back, Ferg, all the times we talk about the third Look Who's Talking movie, Look Who's Talking Now, I think we always snub Diane Keaton. You're right, now that I look back. <laughs> I know. We always talk about I the scene the where the dog poops on the cab and they call him rocks, but we never talk about Diane Keaton showing up. And, uh, and one thing I want to say before we move forward... Because we are, this is probably the most tangent heavy we've been, and we do need to dial it in, so we're not doing this until the wee hours of the night. No, but, last week was the most tangent we've yeah, ever been. This is this is getting there. Uh, but go back and listen to Big Bang Theory last week if you're just catching up with us for the first time. We referenced Boy in the Plastic Bubble with John Travolta. One of the saddest scenes in all of movie history is a girl. They're on the beach. And she gets dared to hold his hand through like the little plastic coffin that he has to sit in to watch the, <laughs> the fireworks. And then like she just runs off because like she held his hand for a minute. And then he's just thinking it's a nice moment. He's like, where are you going? She's like, oh, it was just a bet. And it's like, why did you fucking tell him that? Why was that necessary? And then he starts freaking out going, get me out of here. I don't want to be in here anymore. And it's just, it's so unnecessary. It made me very sad. I just. People need to watch that movie. It gets slept on. People think of it as a joke, but Boy in the Plastic Bubble is a phenomenal movie. Go back. I'd rather watch Bubble Boy. Or the episode of Seinfeld where George uh, deflates the Plastic Bubble Boy's bubble. (laughs) Now, is uh, this friend the one that you guys said um, is so much older than all the others? No, it's the girl Claire, the one who's faster. Claire. She's like our age. So in this episode. I thought you meant meant this one. No, no, she looks a little older because she's done up that way with I a little bit more makeup, makeup and stuff. I think it's the makeup that makes her look older, yeah. If you but see her yeah. without the makeup on, she looks her age. Claire, who looks by far the youngest of them, is a year younger than me. <laughs> Which means, now? so, this is 2018, so she would have been, what, 32? Four years removed, she would have been like 31, 32 at the yeah, time. 31, yeah. 32, when she was playing a 16-year-old. That's and she, insane. And she doesn't even look 16, she looks like she's fucking 12. Right, she looks like a little kid. In those situations, normally I'd be like, good jeans, but also I don't think it'd be, I don't want to be 32 and people would be like, I'm sorry, little boy. <laughs> like, that's yeah. not good either, you know? Give me my smokes. Yeah. <laughs> my stogie. <laughs> Damn it, you beat me to it. <laughs> it wouldn't be an episode if we didn't reference the cigar smoking baby from, like, from fucking Roger Rabbit. Baby Herman. Uh, so baby meet- talk tonight between yeah. Lucas talking. <laughs> So we meet Michelle's cousin as well. So she's the one who's talking about Pulp Fiction. And her cousin, James, is 
I feel like they never they never properly explained it. It was only explained through jokes all the time, but he apparently will also be attending this all girls school with them. I was gonna ask, did I miss a joke? Like the, the they joked that it's because he's English. If they because he's English and they're in Northern Ireland, if they send him to the all boys school, he's just gonna get beaten up all the time. So they which, think it'll be safer to send him to the all girls school. Which is the all girls school? There could definitely be truth to that. But you still can't just go to an all-girls school. It just doesn't right. work that way. But I do, I mean, like, you guys, we'll get into it, but the gag for him this entire episode is that he really has to pee, and he's in an all-girls school that has yeah. no men's room or boys' room or whatever. That is torture. I never felt it when I watched the show the first couple times I saw it, but watching it now, being analytical, I was like, this poor kid, an entire day, that is nightmarish. It's only because that character has no spine. Any normal person would just go pee somewhere. Yeah, most but people would leave but the he was like trying to figure out where he, or something, he yeah. tried being polite about it. And yeah, by the by the later scene like right before they resolve that issue, it's you could see pain in his face. Well, he's just like he can't even talk to anyone anymore. He has to pee so bad. And we've I all been expresses there, right? it well. Yeah. yeah, I've been there before. I mean, I don't want to so- get into names, but we when we were in school, there was a situation where someone had to pee so bad. Oh my god. <laughs> That and couldn't ask to go to the bathroom. Oh no! <laughs> oh, and jo- and um, the same per- spilled their soup. I thought it was soup. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was chicken soup. I was so confused. Wait, yeah. um, am I confusing these two people, or is this the same person who stapled her finger in fourth grade? No, you're confusing Different person. them. Different, Different person. person. Yeah, yeah. One stopped yeah, with I- an R, the other stopped with a G. <laughs> yeah, we won't, oh, yeah, we won't, yes, yeah, all right, I know who you're talking okay, about. We won't get into specific names, but yeah, essentially. I, although, side note, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> well, I this can't while, be on the episode. <laughs> while we were watching Captain's Courageous. <laughs> Oh, the fucking movie about a guy getting his legs cut off and drowning in front of a child. Yeah, that's that's, that's way sadder than Boy in the Plastic Bubble. Oh, the end of Captain's Courageous is very sad, yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to go with Manuel. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you pulled out a Captain's Courageous quote. Holy shit. <laughs> the ghost of Spencer Tracy is haunting your house movie. right now. Holy shit. Oh, I forget the kid's shit. name, though. He's like, it's okay, boy. We'll be all right before he just drifts under the ocean. Oh, it's so sad. Ah, oh, half myself. Ah. <laughs> He's Dewey Cox. <laughs> I've been halved. <laughs> the wrong Spencer Tracy died. <laughs> Can I have that movie? <laughs> Here's an episode that if you like us, you'll enjoy this episode. But if you came here because you like Dairy Girls, you're probably not listening to me say this by now. <laughs> nope. You left at the first fucking joke about a movie from 1942 we started referencing. After we meet these characters, everyone steps onto the bus. And they go all the way to the back. And basically what happens is Michelle, who is the one who was talking about Pulp Fiction earlier, who's definitely like a little bit of the edgier one of the group. They go up to what would be the first year kids. Like, I don't know if they're, they're not the freshmen, basically. Yeah. Freshmen. Essentially, whatever the freshmen are, I, I, it's not high school. So whatever, but, yeah. but they go over to them and the underclassmen and say like to get up because they, that's where they said they want those seats. And most of the girls do get up except for one, some, a girl named Tina. Michelle's like, what are you doing? And Tina's like, I'm not going anywhere. And she's like, all right, then we're going to have to fight then. We're going to beat you up. And she's like, okay, beat me up. 
And obviously, Michelle didn't have any actual intention to get physical, so now she's kind of trapped in the situation where she's like, oh, well, all right, after school then. She's like, okay, after school, beat me up. <laughs> and this girl, like, Michelle does not know where to go from here because she's very, like, she wasn't expecting anyone to call her out. And we find out that Tina's sister is, like, a little older, but, like, a gigantic girl, like, the probably the biggest girl in the school. They call her a gorilla or something. Yeah, they call her a gorilla later <laughs> yeah. on. Yeah, big bad Mandy. She does show yeah. up in other episodes in the first They season. show her in this episode. You see her briefly. They look back yeah. at her. And then I wondered was Tina's defense, because De- Tina was very, like, stern in her ways. And it was it was nice to see, right? She was very confident, didn't back down to these bullies. But was that only because she knows she has, like, the lifeline of the gigantic sister who can yes. help oh, her out? Yes. Because she's young and she's very small and kind of mousy, right? So, like, right. I don't think she would have stood up to four people because her friends seemed like they didn't want to back her either. You know what I mean? Like, this was clearly a, I've got an older, tougher sister, which I feel like in those situations that always backfires on you when that person moves away and then you're, you got to pay for, you know, what you reaped. Yeah. There was, uh, the moment too, like when they realize that Big Mandy's her sister, they're all like trying to back out of this. Tina tells them to fuck off and the, the girls all turn around and, you know, head up to the front to find different seats. And Aaron's like, well, that was humiliating. <laughs> I love the just realness of that, right? Like at least to have the wherewithal to be like, that was humiliating. That did not work out the way we wanted it to. Now, I said this to you guys before I even, before we started recording, Aaron overmugs at all times. And like, it was so distracting to me. I, was it something that you guys noticed when you were watching it? I do. Yeah, she does it in every yeah. episode. I think it's just like a character choice. Like, it's not something she does in regular life. Like, he's not walk like when you see her in other stuff. But is that bad acting or is that a character choice? Because I think she's it's a overly choice. expressive. Like, I think she's that- a really good actor. Again, I've seen all these episodes. I think that she's a very good actor. It just felt very unnatural. Just- that was the thing with me. It's like people don't express that way, like not that extreme. So it took me But this is also a very unnatural time for people too, which I think it kind of, I mean, like I get that it's extreme the way she does it, but this is also playing when you're at the most unnatural of your entire life, being like 14, 15, 16 years old. I think the actress has noticed that there was no actual comedy in this show. So she's like, maybe I can make funny faces and make people laugh. Everyone's going to disagree with you. This show is very funny. No, it's not. We'll see. We'll see how this pans out. From there, we get to... Another scene on the bus where they're all just kind of sitting there and you see Claire like trying to hold up with this fast and she's watching someone eat and you can see like how much it's torturing her. And she says that it's supposed to be a 24 hour fast and, you know, almost 23 hours to go. So she just, just like what she must have ate right before she met them. She probably had breakfast and then decided to fast and she still has 23 hours on the clock. Yeah, Another what's with that? Move. She should have started at night right before bed and then yeah. would have knocked a bunch of hours out. Yeah, right? Yeah, that's like the doctor thing, right? Where they're like, you can't eat for X amount of hours before your surgery or whatever. You eat the absolute latest, or not surgery, but you necessarily a trip where they do blood checks or whatever. You eat the absolute latest you possibly can before you go to sleep. So you can have as many hours not eaten yeah. while you're sleeping. And the conversation's continuing on about like all the stuff about the Ethiopians before. And, and they're going back and forth a little bit. And that's when the bus stops because soldiers need to climb on board. And like, there's like, they have guns and. I didn't really, this was really not explained at all. It was a very odd scene to happen in the middle of this funny sitcom. Well, I think that's, again, (laughs) explaining that everything's funny, but their lives are interrupted by things like, you know, these checkpoints and these bombs and having to check for 
Because um, she even says, like, should I tell them there's an incendiary device in my knickers? Because they're, like, going on to make sure people aren't smoking yeah, bombs. See, I think, like, that's the thing is, like, you can have jokes. Like, then, there are jokes, but this like, is, I think, the juxtaposition of that to prove like, there's that. Jokes, there's jokes in, like, straight out of Compton. It's not, uh, it's not considered a comedy. True. There's more jokes in this than straight out of Compton. Hey, and I love you know, straight out of Compton. Don't there's a wrong. good amount of jokes in that movie, but. Hey, hey, listen. Those, those guys that went on the bus that were looking for bombs. Should have just found the big one that was this show. Boom. You worked hard on that one, huh? Boom goes the dynamite. But what I thought was weird is they're on there looking for, like, you know, probably anything inconspicuous. They don't know. It's a all-girl school bus, and then there's a dude. There. They don't stop and question him. An English dude. He's, they should have pulled like, him off yeah. immediately. That's a great point. Yeah, you would have think that in an all-school, like an all-girls school bus, an English boy in Northern Ireland maybe would have been suspect. Especially when it's like looking around, looking nervous the whole time, too. I will say, though, later on, one of the girls thinks he's a girl. I was going to say, maybe they just confused him. So maybe they just did, too, like, because they looked at him on the bus and didn't say anything. So maybe it's like that other girl who's like, I wish I could wear my hair that short, but I can't. It's like, he's a boy. Yeah, that's actually right from there. That's actually the next scene, because that's Jenny who you're talking about. Yeah. And this is when they all get to the school. That's when we first meet Jenny. They're all kind of in this orientation type thing that's in the gym at first. Jenny's the one who dimes them out, right? Yes. Because the other girl says, I d- I'm no snitch. Oh, no. It was Jenny 100%. It was, okay. Yeah, was, Mandy's I just, sister I wasn't clear snitch, on that. But Jenny did because they get in this big argument. What here. is Jenny's role in the school? Because I feel like that's not like, specifically explained, of a hall but you can monitor. tell like, the way she walks up and greets them. I think it's like a like a class president. Yeah, she like oh, greets I, everybody. I took it as the equivalent of a hall monitor. I said that, but I was frozen a minute ago, so I'm sure you didn't hear it. No, I heard we it. Maybe frozen oh. today. But also because she's leading the assembly, I think that maybe she's got some sort of like. That's the thing. She has something to to do with the school. Like she has some sort of a role there. I say it's a like a class president, or like maybe like a model student, or like you know one of those like goody goody two shoes yeah. positions. Something that none of us ever would have been. I was going to say something that none of us have applied for. That's why we don't know what the position's called. Unless, of course, you're referring to Prom King. Yes. What about NFT Ape King? (laughs) You're not that either. How many NFT apes do you own? Zero. (laughs) 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 The dejected tone of that was so wonderful. You're gonna shatter his world, man. Oh. Well, just, you can't call yourself the king of it, you know. <laughs> yeah, king's expensive, yeah. Seriously. I feel like if I refer to myself as like the king of foreign languages. Well, you did have Muzzy while we were growing up. <laughs> That's right. Jay's speaking French right now, but he's not French. He's American. No, actually, uh, my heritage says I'm Italian. <laughs> he looks more like Muzzy. <laughs> Well, you're eating popcorn. (laughs) So, this is the conversation. By the way, I just want to go back to popcorn is the funniest American food of all time. I'll find the article I read. I I read an article about it with popcorn was specifically about delicious popcorn. I love popcorn. I don't think of it as an American food, but hey, I live in America. I don't. I don't know better, right? So, hold on, hold on, hold on, honey. Is corn? Is popcorn an American thing? Okay. Yeah. Like when you think of America, do you think of popcorn? Yeah. I don't know. They use corn tortillas down south. 
Yeah. And there's, I mean, I've driven through hours of cornfields in Canada. I'm saying popcorn could have originated there. You never know. Yeah, but I mean, America, but corn is such like an American thing, though. Yep. I oh, think of Mexico maize? before I think of us, but I guess we have so much cornfield, too. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, there's tons I, of, I mean, North America as a continent has tons of corn, basically. It's in the whole, the whole of us. I don't know how much of it's in Europe. That's we more the, only, wheat, the wheat area. We can only talk about corn for so long. Yeah, let's get off the corn stuff. Speaking wah, of wah, corns. Wow. Speaking of corns, you guys know how many corns are in these feet right now? Okay. So anyways, uh, yeah, so this is the conversation where Jenny does <laughs> think that he's um he's one of the girls of the school, like we were saying earlier. And I guess that's just because why would you think that there's a boy at the school, right? It's not it's an all girls school, so I guess she's you just, just assume, assuming yeah. yeah, maybe she has more masculine features or something. Well, well I learned in school when you assume you make an ass out of you and me. I was told that by almost every teacher I've ever had, like as if they all wrote that line. I like that. That's what all teachers told you, and mine always just told me if you <laughs> shake it more than once, you're playing with it. We had such a weird, different experience in school. What teachers did you talk to with your dick out? <laughs> We've talked about this previously. Actually, guys, I want to go back uh, and completely pretend that that didn't just happen. But <laughs> when Jenny's talking. Because we were just talking about it earlier, but now that I'm actually reading the transcript a little bit, I'm catching it. She says, this is a bit awkward, but part of my role as the prefect is welcoming the first year students. So that is her role. So we were debating back and forth as to what it was. So prefect is what she's referring to herself as. And do we want to do a quick the actual yeah. definition of prefect? Or right. are you texting somebody while you're referring? No, I was looking it up, but it auto-corrected to perfect. <laughs> perfect oh, pre- attendance. One of our favorite wrestlers in the 80s, Mr. Prefect. Oh, here it is. One sec. British. In some schools, a senior student authorized to enforce discipline. Okay. okay. So there is a position of power. Okay. So it makes a little sense why she is the way she is. So it's kind of like a hall monitor. As long as it ain't that damn dean of discipline. Right, guys? Oof. Or Keith. Or Madeline Peggy. (laughs) That's Madeline. Jasper in The Simpsons is the best paddler of all time. (laughs) You better believe that's a joke. Not laughing at Gorda's joke. Paddle in a canoe. (laughs) But in any event, uh, Jenny is, when she's saying this to her, she's basically referring to all the stuff that happened on the bus. And she's like, I have to let, you know, the nuns know about this. And they're calling her like a Radisson. Well, she's getting back and forth with with Michelle. Michelle is the one who caused all this trouble to begin with. And Michelle's saying it was all a joke anyways. It's like, you know, oh, we're going to beat you up, but like in a jokey way. And Jenny's like, Right, yeah, well, the thing is, that's not actually funny, <laughs> like, at all. And it's like, well, humor's subjective, really, so. Just like this show, only one of us finds it funny. I was waiting. When you when you started I using think, the quotes, I was like, it's either Ferg or Gord I was going to jump I in on this one. I think that line could have been funny, the humor's subjective one, but it wasn't delivered well. So even, like, when they had a joke, it wasn't done well. Um, but- I didn't think that line was terribly poorly delivered, but it's not a standout by any means, and there's so much going on. It's a lot of fast dialogue, so it's easy to have jokes be lost in it. There are it's shows, a very dialogue-heavy show. Yeah, so like last week, right, we did Big Bang Theory, and these are completely different types of shows. So whether or not this is a sitcom, which we'll, we could debate, and my personal opinion is not so much, but regardless, yeah. um, this is shot more cinematically, uh, this style of show, which is kind of a newer style for a lot of things, whereas last week, Big Bang Theory, a more typical three-camera sitcom. And well, it's speak- like- 
Oh, sorry. I was going to say, speaking of that, like Big Bang Theory, this show could have used a laugh track. No, it can't. You can't use a laugh track on a cinematic show. It would be so awkward. It has to be that kind of show to to use it. Yeah, I don't think it would work on this. But you need it on the Big Bang Theory, yeah. a TV show where literally nothing was funny. But, the, well, to go back, to, to complete my point, the Big Bang Theory, although fills it with way too many laugh tracks, pauses for the joke, right? So you can, you you get, you absorb the humor, right? Like anything that's said gives you a second to process it. Here, everything's so quick that it's very easy to miss the joke. And then for us, where it's not our common dialect, it's, you know, you're getting past the accents and stuff. And maybe for those, you know, living in Northern Ireland who that accent's a little bit more easier to process, like, fast. Maybe I'm alone jokes I didn't think they were that hard to understand. I understood. I didn't either. Like, 99% of what they said. It, it I, wasn't I that I couldn't, but, like, I had to pay attention really close and little things would escape me during fast dialogue it wasn't like it was ineligible they're speaking the same language as us so it wasn't that i couldn't hear it at all i thought it was interesting that we had pulled up earlier that this show was although for you tried to hide the fact that the article was all these people can't understand what they're saying on this show and then the subtext of that was like but everybody loves it so it wasn't like a bad review but like, I thought that was weird too because we watched this, and I the first time we watched it, no subtitles. I feel like we got most of it. It seems like you got most of it, Nick. You got most of it, right? Yeah, I really didn't have much trouble with it, honestly. I mean, I'm being hyperbolic. I think there, the three of us watch a lot of foreign like shows, though. So I've also hung out with a lot of it. actual Irish people, but I think they did a good job of I not. Think that helps, yeah. They did a good job of not drowning you in their specific like proprietary dialect either like i think they knew that at a, if they want to do well they're going to hit places outside of ireland that are going to enjoy the show so they didn't they didn't do too much of it like the uk office did a lot of it like they used a lot of terminology that i wasn't familiar with um yeah i feel like i was more confused by the uk office the first time i right. watched it then i don't think this was that hard at all i think you know it, it was fine i just yep. had a hard time understanding it I mean, but but again, that's that's just me. That's more of a Gordo thing than anything that they actually did. Um, you know, like like I said, my ears don't really work that well, and it's really hard for me to discern that um, accent. Well, I think I, what I like about a lot of sitcoms is how mindless it is to watch them at times, and we've talked about that with older shows. And something like this, between the way it's shot and the way they speak and then the fact that there is an accent, you have to really be focused on it when you're watching it. You can't kind of be casually doing something and have this on in the background. You have to be committed to watching it. So there's that element. It's, it, you have to absorb it in a totally different way that you can. Everybody loves Raymond or something like that. I would love to hear, though, from somebody who was from like Northern Ireland, you know, if somebody from Derry reached out to us and said, I feel the same way about Full House, right? Like, I enjoy Full House, but I can't leave that on mindlessly in the background because I have to pay attention to the That's accents, fair, yeah. Right? If it's the exact... I'm sure it flips the other way, you know? Oh, what's I'm so hard to, to understand? And she's like, I really like to- this show, but I hate that Dave Coulier. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a show that's Southern, like like a Southern accented. Country oh, uh, Comfort. Country Comfort, yeah. <laughs> Country Comfort, <laughs> which is the worst show we've ever covered aside from Homeboy with Space. Or this. No, that's California Dreams. California Dreams is a great show. They definitely watch a lot more American content than we watch Irish content. You that's know true. I mean? 
Our stuff is Im is exported way more than stuff from other countries is imported here. No, I'll give you that. I'll give you I that. I mean, the only other Irish thing that I can think of watching was train spotting. Is that Irish? I thought so. I, it's it's Danny Boyle. Right? I thought that was English. You might be right. My bad. So then, this is the only thing. <laughs> What's That's a great documentary Ted? you can watch called Shell Shock Rock. Was Father Ted Irish? Father Ted is Irish, yeah. I've seen that. I don't know what that is. It's, it's, a sitcom. It's, the same it's an actual sitcom. I just know this is the biggest hit since Father Ted, according yeah. to the internet. <laughs> to go back to that is Father coming. Ted. Oh, also, should we, Gordo, should we mention our debate here, or should we want to shave that to the end for the episode picks? I'll save it to the end. We'll save it to the end. Yeah. Well, now I'm curious. What debate? We had a little contest thing. You were there for it. Well, I just want to go over it in the episode after at the end. Okay. So well, stay tuned. And real quick, just to uh, close out that conversation between Michelle and Jenny, there's a point where Michelle says uh, she calls her sugar tits and then, <laughs> and then flips her off. <laughs> Mull this over. I love when you say something and everybody laughs and I'm like, oh, it's, it's not a sitcom, is it? That's not, but that's just like I view sitcom very differently. I'm laughing at the word sugar tits, not her yeah. joke. It's it's like it's just a thing where it, like, the way I perceive a sitcom, there's more to it than just having a joke in a few laughs in it i think it has to be comedy focused and i don't see this as something that is focused on the comedic elements of like what's going on like it just norseman. so happens that there's jokes inside much like norseman yeah i would say this is a good poll for the um instagram i think norseman's a little more jokey um so i mean norseman's definitely of... like more childish humor we have we have something to toy yeah. the line i think um it's definitely more of a sitcom than this, but like Kim's convenience kind of toys that line a little bit. Cause it, the way it's shot, it's shot like this, you know, like that more like cinematic style. I think Home any Boys show out of space. No, it's never mentioned. that. I think any show, show that we cover in general, though, when it doesn't follow that old sitcom, like structure, the way it's shot, it always feels so different that it's perceived not as a sitcom all the time. Even when it's a comedy, it's, but that's a whole different debate. That's, there's no clear cut answer. But to go on, Jenny now, after this conversation, we flash forward a little bit, and she's having, like, this presentation that she's giving to all the other students, where she has a friend of hers, like, watering, like, this pail to explain, like, growth, and they pull out a flower. It's a very weird demonstration, especially to have a kid doing it to her fellow students. It almost reminds me of the scene in um, Adam's Family Values. Yeah, I was just thinking of that. Like where they're doing all the Thanksgiving pageant, like it's just so over the top, and the kids are too old to be doing it that you just expect, like, eat me. Yeah. <laughs> I am a turkey. Eat me. I do I mean, love this is where you first get introduced to the sort of head nun of the school, uh, who it, just has the most dry delivery. Where she was like, I think there's some very nice sentiment there. <laughs> also, her name is Sister George Michael, which is pretty amazing. Oh, really? Okay, I didn't realize that. You hear them call her Sister George a bunch. And I think you're supposed to maybe assume that her name is like, like Susan George, but it's actually George Michael. So I just love that they threw that weird reference in there because you have to have faith. Oh, so they copied oh, yeah. Arrested Development. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't think they were maybe making the Arrested Development joke as much as they're making a faith and George Michael is a big star. And there was something about, wham. yeah, there's something about her that was very familiar. I couldn't. Obviously, I don't think I know her from anything, but I don't know. Something about her face was just, I, I couldn't place it. That's just a type when they cast nuns in movies and stuff. There's always the big, mean, angry nun that's just like that. 
Yeah, that's that could be a lot of it. Like the Blues Brothers nun. The Miss Trenchbull. Like mm-hmm. Yeah. But she has such a good dry delivery to her where she has one of the other standout lines of the episode that's coming up shortly. She has like a speech at this point. She's falling up and she's addressing all the students. And she even caught like raises attention to James, the you know, Michelle's cousin who's the one boy in the school. And makes it known that he's there and that he is the first boy to ever attend this uh the school. And she says that it's because of, you know, his safety because he's English. And it's taken as a joke, but it sounds like this is the reality of the situation. Yeah, I think it's like the legitimate reality that is what would be if that kid was in that real situation at that time, you know. And she says um, she doesn't want any repeats of the Mr. Mullen affair, which was a student teacher who, I guess... um Two of the students, like that, like the they they were the fourth years, which I assume just like the oldest, you know, grade there. I think that's like a senior, right? It's yeah. probably seventeen. They they tied him to monkey bars and started to dry ride him. Is what was dry said. ride? Oh, I thought they said gyrate on him. It sounded like it did sound like gyrate. I think they said they started gyrating him. Uh the well, I'm going by the script. But well, you got the script there. Okay. But no, Joe, it's super easy to understand everything. So, you know, so maybe it's gyrate. Hey, I wrote gyrate. I'm sticking with gyrate. I think I either born one a snake works. handler, I'll die a snake handler. I think uh, I think both work, right? It, essentially, it's, we're talking the same the thing. The same no thing, what. yeah. Two ways and, to skin a cat. And, uh, dry rubbed was the real word? Yeah, either no, way, it, it's dry just ride. a play on horny schoolgirls with one male in the place. Yeah. So whichever way you, you think of, say it, I mean, it's like it's a pretty simple yeah. trope. Yeah, think of how not funny that is if it's flipped and it's an all boys school and it was a that girl a student point. teacher and they did that. Like how that goes from being like a funny little side note to like something very serious and not at all funny. Although I guess the I mean like that goes to show that even in four years since this show started, like you probably couldn't make that joke even that way, right? Like there's been just such a different way of looking at sort of stuff where like you can't make that joke and maybe they well, you could make little... that joke you just couldn't flip it around right but i think that's the issue though is people wouldn't because if you can't flip it around then it becomes a different thing right but i think that also if you're landing it in 1994 you give yourself different leeway because you're playing within the rules of that time like what kids would have said or would have done at that time period i want to bring up from that point we get into like this like little we're probably around midway through the episode but there's it flashes the title screen again. And I've noticed this in other non-American shows that we've covered. Is I that saw, just like, I noticed it. That was strange. I think that's just the way it's done. Because I remember even back when we did Red Dwarf, there was something like that too. And thinking it was strange then. And I was wondering if that's just commonplace to kind of have that mid-episode break like that that reintroduces you. They did and that a bunch in Danger 5 as well. Which is yeah, so maybe it's just something we just don't do here, but is more common in like all the other like country shows. And I, I do need to start tracking that more as we cover more. Yeah. As we get to a more wider base of shows from different countries. Do you think that maybe this was in between like time slots, like maybe like an eight forty five to like nine fifteen time slot. And it was the top of the hour or are we oh. reading too much into it? I don't, it? I, I don't, possible. yeah, I don't know. I don't really, I've never been, I don't really know how their like TV structure even goes. They do. Yeah, or are there commercials set differently than ours where we get like three or four commercial breaks and maybe they just get one big one in the middle, like when you're yeah, watching like something on a streaming service? When I was in Ireland, I didn't watch too much TV. So As I would hope not. Good. <laughs> you know, like, go yeah, outside. Yeah. yeah. 
It's like, oh, what'd you do in Ireland? Man, just hung out in the hotel, watching TV. Although I will say, last time I was in Canada, I was really mad because all the shows in the History Channel were way better than the ones we had. And then they ended up all on Netflix, and I was very excited. So they were about actual history and not like aliens building temples. No, they're all about weirdos who make cars, but they were just better than the American ones. Although I do like me some ancient aliens. So anyways, there's um, the following scene. We see everyone at the like kind of like a locker area. Everyone's sitting around. And essentially, really, the big thing that happens here is that we hear over the loudspeaker that all of them are called into the office. And Did this remind anybody of the time, the day after Columbine, when we all walked into school? Yep. That's immediately what I thought of. It's the only time yeah. I could think of when a whole group of us got called at the same time. There's which a I've talked pivot, to so yeah. many people since then. And that's like an epidemic across the United States is anybody who was like slightly outside the standard got called to the office the day after Columbine. Yeah. That was a fun day. Yeah. 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 Nothing. Especially because we're from a small town. We knew everybody our entire lives. Nothing like them being like 11 people called and said they're afraid you're going to kill. It was like, a, it was like, you want to talk a Fuck sitcom off. moment. I remember there was a moment where they were like, it was like 11 parents have called the school so far. And then like, the vice principal popped his head and went, 12? Like, it was like, oh, wow. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> I was really on? glad they were keeping a count. But anyway, just to put a button on that, obviously, we weren't doing anything or planning anything. It was just anybody who was considered not, I don't know, quote, unquote, yeah. normal, right? Like, these kids would have been probably called in for that, too, because they were like it the It was the freaks and geeks. It was the freaks and geeks, Gordo, right? All yeah. those freaky deaky kids, yeah. But, uh, well, in this case, though, it was for specific reasons, for everything that happened on the bus. Yeah, they did actually do something for this one. It's funny, yeah. though. They, she called them all by name, and she said, and the English boy. Yeah, I thought that was funny. I like that they call him the wee English boy so often, yeah. too. I just love that so much. It just rolls off the tongue. I like that right before they go in, it's uh, Claire says to them, look, whatever happens in there, we have to stick together, okay? We have to back each other up. And then immediately after that, when we get into the scene... It starts with Claire going, I had nothing to do with it. It wasn't me. You know, I, I just want to make that clear. It was Michelle. It was all Michelle. <laughs> I'm not going to get in trouble for anything I didn't do. If anyone deserves to be punished, it should be Michelle. And even like the sister was like, well, I think it's safe to say that I lost a little bit of respect for you there, Claire. That's the other lie. That fucking line kills me. She delivers it so well. It is so dry. <laughs> she res- it almost reminds me of the scene in Billy Madison. It's like, I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Like, it's just so <laughs> like, how dare you do that to us in this situation? Now, here's something that I've been dying to bring up, but I, I had to save it for live in the episode. So while they're talking, you get a perspective of all the girls when Claire's saying this from the viewpoint of the nun. So you see it like a little bit of the desk and then you see them facing her talking. There's a picture on the nun's desk. And if you guys want to go right now to our group chat, check it right now. There's a photo in the corner that I am almost positive is an autographed photo of Patrick Duffy. Oh, sexy Frank. I'm, I swear to you, I did not edit this photo. Does, this is 100% a screen cap. It does look like it. That does sure look like David sexy Dallas era Are you Patrick sure it's Duffy? not David Hasselhoff? I don't know. I even tried referencing. It no, could this be looks da- more like Patrick Duffy. It could be David Hasselhoff because of like uh, his ties to Europe. It looks, but it yeah, looks more like Patrick Europe Duffy, and it looks like he's in a bathing suit because it's uh. You know, well, I think but it I is found from all those pictures of Patrick Duffy dressed just like that though. From Man from he Atlantis, had to be in swimsuits on Dallas. Man from Atlantis. That's Man what a lot from of that's Atlantis. From. There you go. 
1994. This is is that the same year? This I'm attempting a, cross, a, a cropped reverse image search. Give me a sec. Yeah, I tried looking it up and I couldn't find that specific photo. But even when I tried referencing his signature, his signature looks pretty similar to the one in that photo. Oh, there's a Horny signature. Frank. I could only see the picture. It's very small in the corner. <laughs> but as I'm watching, I'm like, is that Patrick Duffy? Oh, man. The patron saint of this podcast. Also, Horny Frank Patrick Duffy t-shirts coming soon. Yes, we are going to be working on that. And I tried... <laughs> I tried to find, like, just Googling around and be like, you know, nun's desk photo and see if there was any, like, hey, what was that type thread? I couldn't find anything in the moment. Yeah, I even tried checking around and seeing if I could find, like, message boards where people talked about what this photo was, but I couldn't find anything. No one's that into horny Frank, huh? It sounds like Sister George Michaels is. Why didn't you check the Reddit? I The exact picture's on there. Is it? Circle. Is it Patrick Duffy? I'm, I I uh, just got the pop up that says you want to open the app. I wonder if it's maybe a, a like an Irish star we don't know or something. I'd be so bummed because I was so confident it was it says, Patrick. Duffy. I think it's Daniel O'Connell, Irish singer. But this is someone what they think, and then someone says it looks like the Hoff. So no one confirms, but I mean Patrick Duffy, yeah, person- obviously from Irish descent. That's a very reverse image Irish search name. doesn't work. It's way too pixelated. What's the name of the um, singer, Ferg? Daniel O'Donnell. All right, I'll oh. look that up for later. I yeah, think you, have to, <laughs> you have to look up uh, shirtless pics of David O'Donnell. I'm going to go with Patrick Duffy. I want to believe that. I'm a work computer, true. but I'm just going to say it's Horny Frank. Yeah. Yeah. No, I got the actual picture. It is? It's, it's right. I'm sending it. Damn it. It's not Patrick Duffy. When it's a clear big picture, it's very much not a sexy Patrick Duffy. Yeah. That is. Oh, yeah. No. yeah. Turns out you didn't search too hard. It took me two minutes. This guy is not nearly as sexy as Patrick Duffy. <laughs> I was doing my notes. Um, <laughs> yeah, this guy isn't. I mean, I can see like how he'd play like a stand in pair of Duffy. jeans on this fellow, though. <laughs> Wowie, Maui. I love the, uh, the, the cotton white socks with the dress shoes. It must be obscure if Joe doesn't know who he is. Yeah, I've got no idea who this guy is. But yeah, the patent loafers with the white cotton socks and the acid wash jeans is and no shirt. What and a it's weird pleated. Look. And the jeans are pleated too. They are the pleated funny jeans thing also. About this no shirt picture is that he has zero muscle tone. It's like why yeah. are you shirtless? You're not <laughs> showing it. Like, like, it's like a dad at the at the pool or something, right? Like not somebody who goes around being like, huh, anybody into it? <laughs> he looks like he could be related to Eric Bischoff. My God, that's Papa Bushpig. <laughs> and we'll have to throw this picture on social media. So oh, yeah, yeah, we'll put it up on our about. stories at the very least. But now I also, too, might take this picture and make pins or something that say S1E1 on them. That's also possible. But you need one that isn't um, like watermarked that says like salami photo, like the one that was just sent to us. <laughs> it just says salami photo. It just, just says not Horny Frank. <laughs> Copyright not Patrick Duffy, 1994. But <laughs> to go back to this conversation now. It's we find out that it is, in fact, because of the whole situation with um, that girl earlier in the day. And she's in the room with them now. And Michelle saying, like, we didn't threaten her. We're not stupid. Big Mandy's her sister. Like, she's she's a half fucking gorilla. Also, two things you missed here. Uh, you didn't mention earlier, but they continue on the process of James trying to use the bathroom. And he asks if he can use the one's room and they tell him no, because he's a fucking pervert, which. Uh, I <laughs> oh, was really yeah, right, right, right. I'm sorry. Yeah. 
There wasn't yeah, a lot that happened. He asks if he can use the, the staff bathroom, and they just yeah. flat out say no to him too. I think it's like this is escalating. Right? I feel like you yeah. don't want to miss the fact that it's just getting worse and worse for this poor kid. And as they're going through this, like Tina's like, I didn't even report them. Like it's not even like I'm not the reason that they're here, because it was basically like I need to do something about this, right? But Tina's defending them in a way by saying I don't even think this is a big enough deal for this. She's like, okay, well, I guess then we can just move past this then. Like, and the girls apologize for the misunderstanding. And the sister's like, well, do you accept their apology? And she's like, no. Which I actually really respected the whole, no, I'm not accepting their apology. And I, I think that was a better resolve to the, like, fine, whatever. Like, yeah, I don't think this is a big deal. And I'm not a rat. But no, I don't accept their apology because fuck them. Like, that's that's so relatable. Yeah, it really is. I mean... Good for her. I think it's one of the most relatable lines from like a kid in this whole episode. Where it's just like, it's so defiant, but it's also so sticking to your guns, which is such a the mark of being like 15. You're like, I'm not going to do that thing you tell me to do, but also trying to be like your own person at the same time, you know? The sister's like, well, I'm going to have to do something then. And this is when it flies to the fact that now they're all in detention. They're all in this room, and they're being watched over by this nun who's very old, and she's reading, I don't know, the Bible or something. <laughs> and Imagine being a nun who's 97, and you're like, well, it's Tuesday. I must read the Bible a fucking again. 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 All right, so now they're in detention, and you can tell that things are getting bad, and everybody's escalating, right? So James still has to go to the bathroom, and he's starting to, like, officially, finally crack he looks then, in pain at this point. He looks the great acting because yeah, he, he does a good job. Genuinely feel for this dude at this point. Do you think that they too. made him not pee? Like method acting? Like I don't method know. Acting? He yeah, does a good say, job. I don't think of, they can make him, but he may have made that choice himself. He like expresses it in like a good way that was because it could easily be acted in a way where you you're overdoing it and you're being too jumpy and like over embellishing it. But he did it in a very realistic way that you you don't want to move. Like, yeah, you, you know exactly what he's going through at that moment. Yeah. I mean, like he's hurts. a school. He's in a school of all girls. He doesn't want to be the one guy that also peed his pants. Right. Yeah. Like, he's also in this weird situation. And it's his first day. And he's just moved to this country. Like, everything is totally weird to him. Right. This might be the kid who pisses the one boy who comes to school and then pees his pants. That's a tough first day. That's no way to get gyrated. No, <laughs> he will not get gyrated. Options- his options are be the pervert that went in the girl's room on the first day, be the guy who peed his pants, or I don't even know what the last option would be. Well, he picks the last option, and I think it's probably the best option for him not being uh, ostracized by other people, or be the least ostracizing you'd get. Yeah. And then, of course, now we get the bi- the diary becomes the final time. It becomes the foil for the, the group. Yeah, because Orla's reading it, like, again. No, it's not again. the final time, because it happens when they're in the office with the parents, too, at the end. Oh, shit, you're right. Yeah, they bring it up again. So, yeah, so Orla's reading the diary again, and Aaron's getting pissed about it, and it becomes, like, this loud argument between the two of them, because Orla says that she has to read it. She's doing her book report on it. So now she goes to, like, Aaron goes to grab it from her. So now the sister's gets up it's like you know what's going on here and when she finds out what's going on takes the diary she's now she has to confiscate it and she sits down and just starts like reading the diary (laughs) erin's like yeah well i I don't think i did to be honest with you Uh, i would have felt that coming if it was a sitcom 
Because then it would be like oh, more of a sitcom. Did it but, get a laugh though? Because it got a laugh. Um, no, I saw it coming. Not like a, not like a. I wouldn't say it got a laugh, but you don't think you didn't get a laugh out of her taking the diary and then reading it. No, no but I, you know what I've come to realize, honestly, um, as we've done this show, you TV can get you to laugh out loud far more than it does to me. It's very even when I love a show, I don't like typically laugh when watching something. You yeah, I soul. don't like laugh out loud. True. Like I don't lol IRL. The worst. Do you lol while watching TRL? <laughs> I told you I like- Carson Daly was hilarious. So then, the, the but the next thing she does is the other girl's putting on makeup and she steals her lip gloss or her lipstick. Yeah. She takes that from her and Claire's going crazy because she's so hungry and she's like watching like the nun has like a sandwich out and like everything's coming to a head. James is saying that this is disgraceful. He should have access to a lavatory. He said, what about his civil rights? He's not wrong this entire yeah. time. But yeah, when the... When the sister he also the- wasn't involved in the bus thing. He sat at the front, and they were all in the back. James is literally point. the epitome of, like, guilty by association. He has done nothing wrong this entire episode. When, when the sister takes Michelle's lipstick away, she puts it in her own bag, and Michelle's like, shouldn't you be putting that in the confiscated box? And she's like, quiet. <laughs> you know, Michelle's upset because, you know, apparently that color has been discontinued. But what do you do in that moment, right? You know, if I'm not a makeup wearer, but if you're like committed to a color and they don't make it anymore, like yeah, you can savor that one as long as you want, but it's gonna go away. So you're gonna have to move on anyways. I compare it to when they discontinued my vape juice and I just had to find another cereal flavor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you had to find another flavor to make you be that guy that you walk down the street and you're like, is somebody cooking cereal? <laughs> is somebody <laughs> cooking fruity pebbles right now? <laughs> And then we talked about this before, too, though, like the idea of like, I think maybe we talked about it in Australia, maybe it was for Danger 5 or something where like cigarettes are like $25 a pack now where you're like, if you want to get people to quit, that, that's what you do. But otherwise, people are either going to adapt to something else, like vaping or something, right? If you make cigarettes crazy expensive, more people will vape or quit, right? If they stop making your favorite t- uh, type of soda or whatever, you just move on to another one. Like people don't usually like lose I had an entire category of food taken away from me in my life. You just got to pivot. Pivot? That's <laughs> that's from Friends. Oh, I didn't know that. Our first oh, episode. Oh, you mean our first episode? Yeah. The first that, episode that, of people who do first episodes. That line is from that episode? No, that line is not. Oh, okay. Uh, Thank you. I've only like ever seen mo- two episodes of Friends. No, that's like the most one of the more famous lines to come out of the show, though. Is that what he says to his monkey and his duck? The monkey's name is Marcel. I don't know oh. the duck's name. And it's a chicken and a duck. Chicken and a duck. Ross has a monkey. Yeah, but then, yes, but. Oh, wait, no, I've seen three episodes of Friends because I did randomly one time see an episode where Joey gets on an STD ad in the subway. And uh, that episode was very funny. Uh, funny enough, there's actually an episode of Friends where Joey gets a part because he has to pee really bad. And uh, Jeff Goldblum is the guy hiring for the part. Jeff Goldblum's the toilet. <laughs> it's a very that's controversial the sequel to the fly that nobody asked for. Yeah. So uh, as these girls are all talking to each other during the detention, they look over and they see that the sister is face down on the diary. She's look, your boring fucking diary sent her to sleep, <laughs> and uh, Michelle goes to take Every- her lipstick back. Everybody knew she was dead, right? Not at this point. 
I'm I didn't. saying every one of you, every one of you knew she was dead. At this no, point. no, not at this yeah, point. No? I knew the first time I watched it. Yeah, second no. she, I, I saw it. I go, she died when no, she thought- lifted her head up and. <laughs> Good luck. She's sleeping with her eyes open. <laughs> I fucking laughed out loud yeah. very hard. That was well. That was the thing because now we, we we've hit like chaos because Michelle gets up and she's like, "Well, if she's asleep, I'm gonna go take my lipstick back." And while she's doing that, this is like everyone's moment to finally break. Right, everything that they've been holding in. Erin's cool. like halfway out the window. Yeah, yeah she wants to go to David's show. Concert. We forgot to mention that Claire steals his fucking nun's half-eaten sandwich because she wants to eat so bad because she hasn't eaten. What six hours, maybe? And then she yells at Erin. She's like, "Don't look at me. I'll give you your two pounds back." (laughs) And James (laughs) runs and finds a bin and just starts taking a piss, like right in front of everybody. Like that one surprised me the most because you you, you you obviously don't see his front or anything, but he's just sitting there pissing right in that bucket. And I thought he would have at least hid somewhere and did it, but it it was kind of right where everyone was. There was a closet in that room. He could have went and peed in the closet. Yeah, there was a way around it. But yeah. uh, Orla's like grabs the nun's head, which is a weird reaction to this whole thing, right? I could see her wanting to pull the diary out from under her so she could keep it, but no, she they didn't. They go up to get her lipstick back because she stole it. She's Michelle went to get her back. lipstick, but Orla's just playing with her head for the fun of yeah, it. Orla's that is just a weirdo. <laughs> like when someone's when Michelle tries to steal her lipstick back, touching the nun would make it worse because you risk her waking up. Yeah, but that was the whole reason why they got up was for her lipstick. And that's when no, Michelle independently gets up because she wants her lipstick, and that's everyone else's opportunity to do what they want. Yeah, that's what I mean. That lit the fuse. That yeah, exactly. Yeah, but that that became the like the gunshot to the race that made everybody just go wild. But yeah, you see her holding like the head up, and Nick, like you said, her eyes are open, and I think that's the moment where you know it really kicks in. Yeah, this she's not asleep. I do love now too, and one of the other nuns, Sister George, walks in now and catches them all. And I think one of the best ep- scenes of this whole episode is James stops peeing for like a second to turn around and see what's happening. <laughs> starts <laughs> and just starts again because he can't. Yeah. He's got so much pee in him still. I think that's a great line. Yeah, she walks in. One's got her hands around like the nun's head. The other's got her hands in the purse. The other one's trying to skate through a window. It just looks like a flat out crime. Yeah, it's just such a great chaotic scene. She walks into. Other than the reveal that this nun's dead, why is this girl playing with her head that much? She's weird. Yeah, she's just the weird girl. She's just weird. Yeah. Everything about her, even like, I didn't touch on this earlier, but even from the very beginning, and this was hard for me, that opening narration where she's reading Erin's diary, her voice is so strange and like robotic. It has nothing to do with her accent. It's just her voice in general. It's her delivery and stuff. It's very, it's like off-putting. She's her cousin, right? Yeah. Yeah, she's the cousin. She lives with her. Yeah, the aunt and her live together with the mom. Yeah, because the aunt, yeah, the aunt comes into the house at some point too, like early on when they were all having the breakfast. Oh yeah, I forgot about that character because we didn't, we haven't brought her up yet. Yeah, because there's nothing really of significance of her. She talks briefly there, and she's in the this next scene that comes up. But yeah, that's about it. I mean, they show a bunch of the parents in the next scene, but like they're not really any real part of this episode, you know? Yeah. It, well, that's, you know, what we're about to talk about anyways, because obviously once Sister George comes in and sees all this stuff, this is going to result in them all going to her office and all the parents are called in. So we have 
like I said, Erin's uh, whole family, like her parents, her aunt, her grandfather was holding the baby. And then we start meeting the other parents. We meet Michelle's mother, Claire's father all show up. And it's like a whole scene. I like that they like say it like they just scamps the Oh, what are you killing nuns now? <laughs> yeah, everybody is <laughs> yeah. just like, yeah, using it at a level that it shouldn't be at. Uh, the best, the sleeper line here too is the grandpa's line here, which I think is the funniest, one of the funniest lines of the entire episode that just gets tossed off. When they realize how old the nun is that she passed away, he just goes struck down in her prime, which I think <laughs> yeah. is so fucking funny. I didn't even catch that. In he all says honesty. it; it's like just so understated. Yeah, it was pretty understated. Because the sister thinks that there's like foul play involved, and that's what this all comes down to. Uh, you know, credit actually to Erin in this moment because she's the one who does say like, "Sister, if I may ask, like, how old was Sister? I can't remember the other Declan. her name, Sister Declan. She's like, oh, she was going to be ninety eight like this Friday or something. And she's like, okay, well, do you think that like maybe that has something to do with why she died? <laughs> yeah, I love that nobody else like finds the logic in what she's saying, which makes you know no sense at all. No, but she walked in and they're like, it looks like they're assaulting her and robbing her. Well, That's sure. Why. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I mean obviously, it does not look good. It's not just out of the blue, like, oh, they must have killed them. There's some evidence. But right. I mean, also, I think Erin trying to escape out the window is the most guilty looking one of them all because it looks like she's trying to run from the crime, you know? But there's and like this James whole. is pissing on her grave. I don't think the bucket was her grave. <laughs> yeah, they were going to just throw her in the bucket after. They say that later, too. They're, oh, what are you pissing on the nun's body now? And that's what happened. <laughs> well, there's probably been a telephone, right, by the time the story gets to them. But the nun does say that the hospital confirmed how she died. She just still thinks that there's more to it. Yeah, which also leads me to, like, did they mention what day this is? Because it's clearly not, like, two hours later. The that's hospital a good wouldn't point. have done an autopsy that quickly. Well, I think it's a little bit of TV magic, right? They're, they're combining because it, it's made to look like it's all the same school day, but I guess who knows. Right. But it's also detention and they're going to the gig, which I think right, they were like already six, and they're they already after hours. There. But it's still sunny out when they're there. I mean, again, like you said, you have to look the logic into that, but that's what we do. Yeah. Well, it's always sunny in London dairy. <laughs> or regular dairy. Depend- yeah, depending on what side you're on. What about non-fat dairy? There's no such thing. <laughs> That's a good His one. calories I are hidden. Like that one. <laughs> uh, I noticed this like when Claire's dad came in. It did happen early because Michelle's done it a bunch too. But like the blatant swearing, I know is different from country to country, and we, you know, we make words a little bit more taboo here than other places do. But even then, like I know, like it's a little more casual to use that language. But would you still use that like in front of a nun? I think so, because I think it's just so part of the language, like using cunt, for example, right? Like in the UK and Ireland is so different than using it here, where it's just like a regular thing you say, right? I just, I think that when it's everyday speak, I also think one of the things you're forgetting in this show too, is that they're essentially all living in wartime. And I think that there's like a different vibe that goes through life when you're living through wartime you know what i mean we're like things certain things are just thought of as so inconsequential because other things in life are so violent or dangerous or yeah. they deal with death way more than other people like i think that that's part of what they're trying to show here yeah it's just weird to me like just him walking in was like how long does it take to defuse a fucking bomb it's like i don't know if that's 
how I would enter that room in that situation. Like, you know, but I guess it, it all depends on dialect and what words are okay to use where. But I was a good example so raised, of, you know. A good example of one of the things I love so much about this show is the realistic way they portray people being like, yeah, this is dangerous, but also it's an inconvenience. You know, where they're like, oh, the fucking bridge, I couldn't, the kids won't get to school, or the aunt, when we first meet her, is like, if I can't get to the bridge, I can't get to my tanning salon or whatever. This dude's, like, mad about it. He can't get here on time. He has to go the long way. Like, it's weird that these are life and death situations, but people deal with it so much that it becomes mundane. And I think that's, like, a really interesting perspective to have. During uh, what's going on, Aaron's, like, really getting pissed because she realizes the weight of the amount of trouble they can get in. And she's saying, like, nothing about this makes sense. The woman was almost 98 years of age. She had a heart attack. Why is everybody going absolutely mental? And she she's speaking, like, of, of logic, but everyone is taking this very different. And she's saying that, you know, we didn't do anything. It's not fair. And Orla chimes in going, but that's the thing. Life isn't fair. And she's going into this long quote, which you pan over to see that she's reading from Aaron's diary again. And uh, I guess she had this perfectly timed out <laughs> uh, paragraph that went perfectly with what she said because uh, it was a perfect segue for her to start reading it. She called herself a child of the crossfire, which I thought yeah. was such like it's such a great thing to put like the most like flowery kid language, you know, when you think you're like a great writer. And Aaron obviously is very angry at that point and says that she's going to ram it so far up her arse. You know, that's where that episode ends. That's it. An action-packed sitcom that we all got to watch. It's a sit, but there's no com. <laughs> I would call it a... Hey, we've all hey. done it. I think you guys just bad-mooded this one for some reason. Yeah. I didn't bad. I don't bad-mood any shows. I want to like every show we You do. don't good-mood any shows. That's a lie. No, He's I don't... I, I didn't. So, so we've talked about this. Yeah, I don't think my mood was poor going into this episode. I watched this. I was rested ready to go ready to record so it wasn't like i'm watching this for the first time upset that i have to watch it ferg said it was the worst show we've ever done and no, I, I, just, said right. california, I said that was california dreams which i don't I agree still with, can't but. believe you think california dreams is worse that than was Homeboy's the angriest you've ever i'm sorry that breaks my heart so yeah. bad california dreams was bad <laughs> Look, I love California Dreams. I know it's bad, but it's not as bad as Homeboys in Outer Space. Don't that bring Homeboys out. Don't bring Don't bring Homeboys into this. No, At by least no it means it was a sitcom. This no was a sitcom. I, Gordo, uh, I'm going to order you a squirrel pizza. You can calm down about your favorite TV show. I don't think that this show is bad necessarily, but to lump it as a sitcom doesn't make. There was just wasn't enough comedy for me. I, guess. I think, but. We'll have to go and, and check, but metrically speaking, the worst show we've ever done viewership-wise is Bless This House. So Jay holds the record for the worst show we've done metrically no, well, speaking. Uh, hold on. Speaking no, be- of that. No, hold on. Before before you do that, I want to defend Bless This House, Gordo, and then I'll let you go. And it has nothing to do with the show itself. I enjoyed well, that. No, by, no, I yeah, think that was five. That's what I'm going to say. If we're gonna go, yeah, if we're going to go by download count, and we won't get into specific numbers... But yeah, that one is slightly below another episode. But that is because of people recognition factor. People. So for those of you listening right now, go back and listen to Bless This House. Bless This House was great. No, yeah, you can't juice the numbers now, Jay. No, well, it's a show. Listen, enough no, time has passed. No way to but, share that. 
there was nowhere there was, to share that. I mean, I love that Andrew was a show that, I that show was go, great, but who's gonna? Where do you do that? You when know? we talk worst show of all time, we're saying objectively, like, is it a bad television show? Like, Bless This House is a show that all five of us passed, so sure. it's a very different situation. Yeah. I would say objectively bad that we've covered would be um, Country California Comfort. Dreams. Country Comfort. No, California Dreams. I don't think it's objectively bad. I don't. I think, Ferg, I don't think it's nearly as bad as you say that. it is. Not as bad as uh, Country Comfort. Country Comfort, I think, is like there's no redeeming quality at all. Country Comfort didn't have a random music video in the middle of it. It had like three random. They just, all the they whole all band started plays. playing That's during Mama's a tornado. Guitar. Yeah, they just yeah they played the I, Everly Brothers. They unearthed it still a drum set. To what was going on? It wasn't just a random music video because they didn't have enough time. They were trying to with that show. They were trying to do something else with it. Like that was all by design to try to get that. They were trying to do like a monkeys thing with with that group. It just didn't work. But Sly. Um, but speaking like, oh, of G- that, Gordo and I had a little side bet going here. That I okay, so I love this show. No, uh, you know, no obvious statements there. Gordo, not a huge fan of this show, although it seems like he came around a little bit on it. But we did say I think this is a very well loved show, and not everyone seems to agree with me. So I have put it up there that if this show does worse numbers in the first week than Gordo's pick that I couldn't stand, which was Homeboys from Outer Space, I will concede my next pick to Gordo for a no, show. No, don't do that, that to will us. Purposely bo- only pick something that I would absolutely fucking hate. That's, what's so? That's what, where we're at. Do you get the flip side if you beat him? He oh, should. I didn't think of that. Yeah, yeah happens yeah, actually, actually, you know, no. Like, either you know way, what? we all lose. Yep. I know. Actually, it's you know <laughs> nobody. Yeah, the royal we here loses, but Gordo and I get some fun out of it. Yeah, you know what, Joe? If it does worse than Homeboys from Outer Space, I will concede my next pick. I didn't agree to that just until now, but I think that's fair. Okay. All right. So we have a bet. Okay. So, Hold guys, on, Gordo, where, give me your screen. Hand on the screen. Yeah. There's no way to insinuate. To those listening, because if you're already listening, you've already contributed to Joey's part of the bet. So uh, I guess um, we'll find out. Uh, we'll keep you guys updated Gordo, when we know more. Money, money, I won't share it. So he doesn't get any. <laughs> Why do I have a feeling that I'm going to end up like six weeks from now watching some show that's just nothing but like people hitting fart noise buttons <laughs> for 45 <laughs> minutes? I'm just going to end up jumping out my window. <laughs> Gordo finds some Hungarian sitcom called Farty McPoop. <laughs> <laughs> Farty McPoop. The Fart Family. <laughs> like, oh, Gordo, why'd you do this to A us? Hungarian sitcom with Irish undertones or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Farty McPoop, the Hungarian Irish sitcom. <laughs> that being said, I think it's time to wrap this episode up. I think so. So, uh, guys, let's get into the Green Ladder Cancel. Um, I'm going to get the obvious vote out of the way first. So, Joe, you're starting off. Yeah, again, I have pretty much tipped my hat the entire time. I love this show. I think it's a sitcom. I think that it's a really interesting conceit to try to not only do, you know, comedy and drama together, but in a time and in a place where, you know, it's not talked about a lot in the rest of the world and then have it be a pretty big show where people like maybe learn a little more. Right. And again, I think that time's really interesting. I think that area is really interesting uh, culturally and historically. I think there is only one bad thing in this entire episode, which is a sitcom, and that is that there is so much great Irish music in the world, and they forced me to have to listen to the fucking Dropkick Murphys, who I just can't stand. That's the oh, one yeah, complaint I, I have for this episode. 
Uh, this is a huge green light for me. And uh, the new season of this show, which we've been waiting for, Kelsey and I at least, have been waiting for forever because it's been out for months and months um, in Ireland. It's finally coming to Netflix in October. Uh, so I'm very excited to finish out the last season and final season of the show. Green light for Joe. Ferg. All right. My earlier rage has subsided. So you get off a little easy, Joe. Um, this is cancel for me. Um, it's not a bad show. It's just not funny. I don't consider this a sitcom, but I mean, that's all subjective. I just don't think it's funny. Um, had a couple parts. I won't be continuing it, and that's usually my like main thing. Um, I just wasn't into it. Uh, cancel for me, Gordo. Ah, uh, this is a cancel. I walked into this show. I wouldn't have hated it so much if you didn't set it up as a sitcom. If you had said, "Hey, watch this like dramedy about." the troubles i would maybe be a little bit more receptive to it than i am thinking going into like classic sitcom like because that's what i think of or even like the uk and that general area sitcom it's not set up like that at all uh which is where i was like where's the funny um i again i did have a problem with the brogue but again that's more of a me problem and I didn't know it was available on other platforms where I could watch it with uh, subtitles because I don't go to them when I watch it because I'm afraid that we don't get the correct episode. It's I, I cancel from me. That's pretty much all I got to say. I didn't bad mood it. Um, I didn't know what to expect going into it. So it, it just wasn't good. It wasn't for me. The funny parts weren't. All that funny. Cancel. Nick. Yeah, I'll keep this short and sweet because I sound like Kermit. So uh, it's a green light for me. I, I enjoyed it. I can see where maybe you guys hesitated uh, just because of, you know, certain things. But I think at the end of the day, it was really entertaining. Uh, big cast. Um, they did a good job of introing the characters. And uh, I liked the story. And I was actually excited to see another episode. I'm definitely going to keep watching this. So. Green light for me. All right. So I'm in a tiebreaker situation. So I'll say this. I don't think this is a bad show. Uh, I think they do a lot of stuff well. I think it was filmed well. I think a lot of the dialogue's good. Where I struggle where with this is, again, like, do I see this as a sitcom? To me, not so much. And I think a lot of it goes to the, like, the, it's just the, do you want to watch it again uh, and continue on? That's what we always really base our votes on for the most part. Sometimes we have to try to get into the scope of who it's aimed for. I don't have a big desire to continue to watch this. Uh, you really have to like point me in the direction of like a scene or something like, oh, like look at what happens with the show. Like it gets better. And I, I didn't get enough from this to be locked in. Um, so for me, it has to be a cancel. Um, but again, it, it, it's a good show. It's just not for me. And I don't think I'm maybe the person that is aimed for. And I'll say this, not... You know, you know, Nick, you think it's like coming in with a bad mood. I think it was almost the opposite. I think Joe hyped this show up and said how big it was and what a big fan base it has. So maybe my expectations were a lot different, but I don't know what I thought this show was going to be, but it just wasn't that type of show. And I thought it was going to be a little more, I don't want to say goofy, but I thought there'd be more apparent humor throughout it. And there wasn't a lot of it. 
this that whole last scene with the nun I thought was very funny. Um, you know, with the dead nun and all all the that chaos that happened. I, I did enjoy it, but I, I just didn't think there was enough in the episode for me to want to continue on. So with that being said, sorry to Dairy Girls, you do not pass. Um only two out of the five are green lighting it. So you do not live on to see another day. So that being said, that's all the time we have for this week. Tune in again next week. We're going to have another new episode for you. Go to S1E1Pod.com. That's where you can find all the links to our social media, everywhere you can listen to us. Again, S1E1Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Give us follows. Hit us up there. We are seeing a big influx of people hitting us up with suggestions. Trust us when we say we are listening to them. We discuss them. Like every time someone messages me, you know, we'll talk about it. So uh, none of that is being unnoticed. So continue on. We really do enjoy that. If you listen on Apple, go ahead and give us a review, a five-star hopefully, and uh, leave a little uh, positive words to go along with it. Those help us a lot. So uh, thank you for that if you've already done that. But that's it. That's all the time we have for this week. We'll catch you again next week, guys. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. I think we got the best Dennis Wee shop. I think you picked the wrong genre. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.